0: Podcast. I'm your veteran Donnie. I'm
1: your new. I'm your neophyte Frank, and I am sorry. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's
2: swimmingly, it's starting swimmingly.
0: It's kind of all we can really say because we're taking a look at season four, episode six, Islands in the Stream. Uh, to help us through this episode, we have a very special guest. Um, we have our buddy Justin Partridge. He is a writer for Hire, and I do want to emphasize that. Um, he has a few bylines. You might have heard of him. He's been in Newsarama, Rogues Portal, Dismember, and as well as the Collinsport Historical Society. Um, and he is totally available for writing. Um, and we will talk all about like how to contact him, but I'll give you the contact right now at the top. You can follow him on Twitter at J underscore Partridge with three... Are those L's? Those are L's, Yeah. Or capital I's. Yeah, it's supposed to be three eyes. Three eyes. Okay. So on Twitter at J underscore Partridge, three eyes. Or you can also email him at Justin at BetweenThePanels.com. Please contact him for writing. He's a really fun dude. He's great to work with. Um, and if you are going to actually compensate your writers, please continue working. Please consider working with him. But we are very happy to continue working with him. Hey, Justin. How's it going?
2: Hi, guys! Oh my god, I'm so excited about this. It's a great episode. You guys are great. It's a great show. I'm so. I've never. I've never double uh, guested before on a
1: show.
0: Well, we're so happy to have you back. You were a lot of fun the first time around, and uh, we really. That's... We need your energy on this one. <laughs>
2: Uh, do you guys want to go ahead and do the A-plot and
0: B-plot? Well, let me put a stick a big old content warning on this. So we're going to keep it pretty broad on our content warnings, but we talked a- ahead of time. We are pretty sure this about sums it up. Both the A-plot and the B-plot have a whole lot of misogyny in them. Um, we will be talking about that. But also there is going to be a mention of sexual assault, especially within the context of page and uh, the events that happened back in Season 2 with Shout. Um... So, just keep that in mind. Unfortunately, the misogyny content warning is basically the whole episode.
1: And, bu- and bullying.
0: <laughs> and bullying. Yeah, there is discussion of bullying. Um, it's just, uh, there's a lot in this episode. So, Justin, my friend, please, would you, would you please introduce us to this A-plot and this B-plot?
2: I would be delighted. Uh, the A-plot is Paige experiences the job market, while the B-plot is Rick and Toby are soups gross.
0: Yep, that about sums it up. And you know what, guys? We gotta get this B-plot out of the way now.
2: Okay. I, I need Yeah, it. I, I was kind of thinking that, too, just because there's, it, it's, there's, a, it's so much. It's just so much.
1: In the words of Dan Avedon, I need this hate out of my body.
2: Yeah, like... <laughs> oh, man. And I guess I had forgotten completely... That just Rick is a repugnant character from the jump. Like, he there's really no. Really, like, is. They, they I, because this this really is the kind of season that I have re that I am really really familiar with. Yeah. Just because same. it was a little bit more, it was a little bit more available, wider on DVD at this point, so I was able to kind of jump in, relatively like okay. But, like, Jesus, I really just, I guess i just forgotten that just Rick just starts at the bottom. And just, like, they never, they never really pull up with him, I guess.
0: It's absolutely true, though. Like, he just, eh, everything about him is horrible. And there's little to no remorse for his actions. And it's just, I mean, let's just get to this because we kind of really see how little he cares toward women in this in the uh, beginning because we're in Snake's classroom it's apparently a trivia team club meeting and Snake How many
2: fucking clubs does this does this school have? More than teachers. I talked a little (laughs) bit about it on my I I, I talked a little bit about it on my last episode. They are just swimming in extracurriculars in Canada apparently.
3: Right.
1: They're like we we took our teaching model from um... (laughs) from uh electrical outlets like the conversion things for when you go to europe in that we have teachers that fulfill (laughs) basically any role and then we took our we took our club inspiration from japan where there's five fucking thousand
2: (laughs) it's like they have like a pub quiz team like i don't understand that makes no sense to me but yeah they're they're sitting here in, in like a hilariously outdated computer lab and I guess Rick has made a GeoCities page about, like, all the women he wants to sleep with?
0: Yeah, like, it's like a ranking list, and I, I did not get a screenshot of it. I remember Hasselakos was at the fucking top. Um, yes. And, and he's, like, totally... What happens is, is, like, Toby approaches Emma first and asks to work with her, because, like, they're working on tryouts for the club. And Toby asks Emma, and she says she's paired with Heather Sinclair... And Rick
1: I, I was just looking around like, where where is she? Where is she?
2: Has oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. that has that have you latched on? Is that your lady now?
1: No. I've latched on to the fact that she never fucking appears in the show.
2: Yep. She, she's just like one of those like they just name her and she's just nebulously floating around the
1: school. It's it's, it's,
0: it's a pretty funny gag, honestly. It's, it's like
1: in it's like in the second um three hundred movie, which my sister and I watched the first fifteen minutes of.
0: I did not even remember there was another three hundred. It's
1: period. fucking garbage. Eva like, Green.
0: Eva Green.
1: Yeah, fucking slumming in that movie. Um. <laughs> But like they keep mentioning King Leonidas, I uh, kept being like, "Oh yeah, he's over there," and like I kept saying they should be just point at him. Like he's over there, and they just point to a tree, and there's a guy waving from behind it.
2: Oh my god! Oh Jesus, that's the greatest. But yeah. But yeah, like um. So the... yeah. So tribute team. So they're 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 gonna get them. They they kind of they have a they have a very odd kind of meat cutie in grossness situation where like they both they, snake asks a question and they both kind of answer it and then they both give the, like the oh, like maybe we are similar kind of like it's a very anime kind of thing I feel like.
1: Oh oh we're both yeah. disgusting. Oh yeah,
0: we're <laughs> both fucking creeps. <laughs> well it's like I, I,
3: we both like w-
1: I, I feel like this is what happens when you find someone who has the same fetish as you <laughs>
0: Yeah, but, like, it's really gross because it's, like, like, yes, number one. Number two, like, what's asinine to me is the fact that Toby's, like, well, I really like Emma, and, like, Rick's, like, oh, that's, like, number three on the list. And, like, like, what the fuck?
3: Uh, Um, uh,
0: And then, like, he makes... like, so
2: (sighs) gross, like, casual... Misogyny that he just kind of like uh, the the his whole like superior superior attitude very early when they both kind of get this question right mm-hmm. and then the the slowly the slow reveal of just how deep his rot goes throughout this episode is quite troubling.
0: Yep, it's like and it's also just like one of those things where he's like talks about when he's talking about listing out the the list of of girls and women um, he's like, oh, well, this is all about, like, realizing my goals, and, like, what really irritates me about him is, I guess what really gets under my skin is, as somebody who is fairly early in my therapy journey, I do an awful lot of, like, I have to do in my therapy, in the type of therapy I'm in, a lot of lists and charts and shit like that, um, and to hear him, like, misappropriate intentionally so, in many ways, probably the advice that he received from a therapist also really gets under my skin. Like, he uses, like, like, it's like you're listening to this asshole Like sound so enlightened when, in actuality, he's just using the therapy that he has had or the whatever brain shit he has had as a way to, like, rationale his bad behavior. And I'm just like, God fucking damn it, I hate this wretched child. Like,
2: Rick... 1 million percent would have been a YouTube skeptic.
0: Like, he would have
2: been a <sighs> full-on true believer of, like, the most repugnant internet crap.
1: <laughs> we all know what Reddit's Rick would have been perusing.
2: Yeah, for sure. 1 million percent. Like, there's, like, no question. As soon as I started it, I was like, oh, he would have, like, 1 million percent been a Proud Boy. There's, like, no question about it.
1: He would
0: yeah. It's true. It's terrifyingly true.
1: Rick would have believed in flatter. Yeah. And
2: Absolutely. then, the, this plot even takes a weirder turn in that this connection then leads to a, a kiss bet, question mark? Yeah, like, so... Four dice?
0: Yeah, so the next scene is Toby trying to open up the door for Emma, and Emma just doesn't really think very much of it. JT kind of sneaks in while he still has the door open. Um, and Rick is asking...
1: And makes fun of him.
0: Yeah. Well, he's like, yeah, well, that's that's (laughs) going to really work.
1: I I am so surprised JT did not have some shit in this.
0: Right. But, like, also, I feel like JT, whether or not he, like, how how actually above it it is, I think he wants to believe he's above it. Mm. He's trying to be above it. But, like, in, in this case, like, they taught, like, Rick then asks Toby to reveal, like, his list of ladies. Like, if he has, like, rankings.
2: Yeah, he's like pressuring, really pressuring him for it, too. Like, being like, hey, did you get that list done yet? Like, Jesus, man. Like,
0: it's really, really off putting. It's really gross. Um, he lists off, like, and, like, what also was really, like, infuriating and, and disgusting is the fact that like Toby's like yeah, you know, like I kind of like Ellie, I kind of like Hazel, and when Rick talks about them it's very mechanical. It's very like, well, she is alternative. Well, she has like a good body. <laughs> and like as if there's this equation that he has kind of reduced every single girl he's ever come in contact with into. It's really unsettling.
2: Okay, yep. I actually did not catch that and that's ultra creepy. Because yep. <laughs> I, I... The whole, like, blo- like, his casualness to, like, his hatred was always really gross,
3: but, like,
1: mm-hmm. man. Okay. I, I have a, the transcript pulled up. Should, yep. should I quote it or... Oh, God. Um, I mean, we can. Hey, hey, Donnie, real quick, if I run out of vomit, can I have some of yours? Oh, um, yeah,
0: sure. No problem, bud.
1: Okay. Uh... Mm-hmm. Toby, it's in my head. Rick, I told you mine. Toby, fine, there's Emma. Rick. Not entirely surprised. Toby, uh, Ellie Nash. Rick. Ooh, nice alternative. Toby Hazel. Here it comes. Rick. A couple of very fine attributes on that one. No. Yep. <laughs> Yikers. Okay, and here's the thing. They're competing for role-playing dice. Yeah, right? Dice. A fucking... a a plain old set of dice. Yep. Nobody has $3? (laughs) Right!
2: Like, nobody has, like, a pool of D6s somewhere that you can just take from. And then... But just, yeah, it's the lowest... It's the lowest possible stakes, but with the, like, highest amount... Or, like, the highest... Regard disregard to anyone's personal space, to to anyone's like boundaries at all. Yeah. Like they're literally it, the the next scene is just them canvassing the fucking hallways for kisses.
1: Yeah, Rick is also the um, Rick is also the kind of dude who when you're playing D D, his true self kind of comes out, and you're like. Ooh. Oh, I learned something oh, today. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a
2: damn good point. And I also feel like he's probably a rules lawyer too. Yes. Like he's one of those guys like any anytime anyone casts a spell, anytime anyone does anything with an area of effect, he like he makes you get out the book itself to, to get the radius, to get the hexes oh, right. Like he just he's such a boner of a player. Nobody who plays with him
3: awful
2: oh. is it, yeah. <laughs> just, that's really all that you can say and i also so is this correct me if i'm wrong but is this this kind of a teen show trope because i feel like i've seen this a couple of times in
1: like maybe say by the bell
2: it, or stuff
1: like stuff like stuff it's i'm sure yeah. it's I'm sure it's a holdover from the 80s.
0: I, I'm positive, and you know how Degrassi loves the 80s. Like, I, I'm not exactly. surprised in the least.
1: It's the 80s. Do a lot of coke and vote for Ronald Reagan. vote for Ronald Reagan. <laughs>
2: no. uh, Hobgoblins is a vastly underrated Mystery Science Theater 3000. I feel like I just oh. gained a family member just I now. Just,
0: I just like Hobgoblins. I haven't even seen the Mystery Science Theater <laughs>
2: Oh, Jesus, that movie, I've, I probably watched that Mystery Science Theater tape more than any other Mystery Science, like, aside from the movie, I watched the shit out of Hobgoblins.
0: That was my icon for a little bit on Twitter,
1: Um, (laughs) from
0: the movie poster. My my people! (laughs) I found my people! You have? Fumbly. Fumbly. (laughs)
1: Um... Okay, honesty time, that came out when I was, like, near 7th grade mm-hmm. or so. I was scared of the hobgoblins. Or I was scared more of the concept. <laughs> they're of-
2: kind of scary! They're, they're scary in the way that, like, the trolls in Troll 2 are scary. Yeah. That they're so badly done and so off-putting that it's like very you off-putting. You've, at that point at that point you've seen good puppets like you've seen the Muppets and you've seen other stuff but then you, when you see a janky one you're like Jesus that's
1: really scary okay, well, here, the thing was I was scared of gremlins okay um, you know, now, yeah. now I'm just like that's a good food source if need be <laughs> like throw a few specks of water on them you got six more that's five burgers <laughs> Uh, burgers you're gonna make uh, gremlin burgers, burgers? that's so specific <laughs> the, <laughs> you're gonna get a flank steak off one of those things no anyway what oh, <laughs> <a flank steak. laughs> like, beasties
2: oh man <laughs> do you see what we have to do to distract ourselves from the horrific
1: nature of this beef line what? um okay so anyway but then like I, I was so, I scared the gremlins, and I was like, hobgoblins are kind of like gremlins. I was like, I can't, I can't see them, because I know they're going to be nightmares. Then finally one day, I was like, you know what, I gotta be brave, and I watched the episode, I'm like, this is the least scariest thing I've ever seen. Oh my <laughs> yeah, gosh. It's, it's, it's just, it's just, oh man, because it's just,
2: it's so funny that it's just, they barely can move their mouths, so it's just like, you, you get the sense that it's just someone is just waving their hand in the puppet just to just to kind of make it articulate it
0: like like doesn't oh, man, even look like a mean... puppet it looks like they just held like a stuffed like a plush of it and just swung it around so the arms would move which is like my favorite part
1: <laughs> looks like oh man this looks a new kind of dance looks kinky <laughs> the army is looking for bright people and nick qualified <laughs> i okay, anyway wants what every
2: man wants dancing lessons? <laughs> anyway, so
0: Hazalakos, We go to the lab. Toby approaches Emma, and uh, Toby says that he wants to follow her lead in terms of how Emma stood up for Rick, which is, what? And then he asks her for a kiss, <laughs> and she gives it, um, and then she decides that, you know, to actually be be brave and stand up for, like, beliefs question mark she then kisses Rick and Rick
1: Mrs. Haslago should have been like what am the I fuck? am I get to the chemical wash
0: yeah right it's like we need <laughs> yes. it we just like <laughs> we got to rid this
2: this is when yeah this is when Rick fully activates and becomes his like his final gross form and like I had also, I guess, forgotten that this is a, this is a real catalyst episode. Like yep. to the to the to the naked eye, it kind of like nothing really much happens. But once you get to towards the end of this, it has a lot of like far-reaching implications for the rest of the season, yeah. which I had completely forgot.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of building blocks. Even in the A plot, you see a lot of, like, the interconnectivity of the events that have happened so far. You see the setup for later. Watching it as somebody who has watched season four, you're like, before, you're like, oh, oh, god, oh, fuck. Like, there was a lot of attention to detail put into this season that, you know, I think as a first-time watcher, you probably can pick it up a bit. But as somebody who is more seasoned, I'm kind of sitting here going, ha, 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 this is, this is great.
2: Love it.
1: Something bad I is... I really like...
2: think it's one of the...
1: I'm going oh, to... you, you go ahead, Frank. I've talked enough. Please. I was going to say, something bad is definitely on the horizon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the cooler thing, I think, about this episode, As as someone who's slightly disconnected from it, is kind of seeing that this is one of the better examples of them doing, like, really tight soapy mechanics like they've they've laid a lot of groundwork for all of these characters uh just not only in the past but in this particular and you can kind of start to see the trajectory of it and i think that's really cool for uh, because this was released weekly right yes
0: Yes. i remember at this is the point where i was slowly beginning to watch it like it I forget when it aired in Canada, but in the US it would air mm-hmm. on Friday nights on the N or TeenNick, whatever right. it was TeenNick at the time. And I remember like right. trying to either DVR the episode or trying to see it the when it came out once my parents got like the better cable system.
2: Mhm. Okay. So yeah, that and that's that's really awesome to kind of like showing that you can I mean cuz like t- tons of shows have done this, but like the the kind of like you said, the 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 intentionality of this episode kind of speaks to how well the show, while it is over the top and really soapy and like kind of like kitsch at certain at certain points, like mm-hmm. kind of nails week to week serial drama.
0: Agreed, um, and it's it's just like you could kind of you saw the beginnings of this in season three. I think they're working out the kinks a lot more in season four. Um, and it is very impressive from that technical sense of, like, it makes you realize why, especially during this era of Degrassi, so many people were captivated by it. Mm -hmm. Like, this
2: is why. Yeah, are really, really caught on here.
0: Yeah, like, this is why. Like, yes, the topics, I think the topics that they covered definitely brought a lot of attention to it, just because not every show was writing about that. But I also feel as though the way that it was written, the way that it was formatted, was also what kept people interested in it um in the case of this episode um and what happens in the scene rick as you said like is really activated because to him he's like oh well now we're tied we gotta think of something like something else for tomorrow and also minor sidebar the bell rings, and then Hassel is like, well, well, come on, let's go clean up. I'm like, yeah, okay, like, you're gonna have any of those kids stay. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> They're gone. You've lost them.
2: Come <laughs> yeah, on, you, They were, They were out the door before you even... It's like when you're that age, you kind of have, like, a weird sixth sense of when the bell is going to ring, yeah. so you're already kind of amped at your yep. desk that it is about to ring. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, but the next time we have, oh so, th- yes.
2: So, no, I was just saying the next the, the next scene is when they did then start to do oh now it's qual it's quantity over quality my friend okay. in the words in the horrific words of Rick.
0: Well, it's also like one of those things where Jay Jay enters the scene and kind of and tosses Rick into a locker. Um. Frank, you look like you. It.
1: Well, it's just like, like Jay yells "slam" and then Rick's like says "yes," <laughs> and then Rick slams or Jay slams into the logger.
2: Yep, it's the most prosaic bully shit ever. Like it makes no sense. It's like a non sequitur. What? How are you supposed to respond to that? Like, are you just being like, "Is that the sound I'm about to make?" And then he gets like, it makes Jay is such an interesting bully to me because. There are moments where he does something very odd where you think like, oh, well, maybe he's secretly smart and like this is just all like an odd game to him. But then he does this and he's just like,
1: he's maybe just not. like
2: a cartoonish weirdo. Like, I don't I don't get it. It's so fascinating to me.
1: Well, the thing about Jay is I encountered this a lot when I was growing up of people who just very clearly did not know ki- can't be on the table. Nostalgia. People oh, no. who people who didn't care about school and very clearly just like um just came to basically just kind of futz around and whatnot. I'm just like, why are you here? Just fucking drop yes. out. Right. <laughs> yeah, I definitely encountered that
2: archetype in, in high school. Like the, the the odd like chaotic evil
1: presence. <laughs> Wait, like, I mean, just, like, I, I, everybody deserves an education, but, the, but clearly Jay does not give a fuck. So why is, like, Jay, Jay is the equivalent... He, he can just leave. He, Jay is the student equivalent of the people who go to the anime convention to make fun of people at the anime convention. And you're just like, but you're here too.
0: Yeah, right, like, you're wearing a Dragon Ball Z shirt. I don't know what you, you're trying to do
2: you, here. You bought a ticket. Like, they have <laughs> You're you're literally supporting the cause.
1: Yeah, like oh
2: man, that is very apt.
1: So anyway, um, like Rick just kind of goes no, (laughs) goes in stride with it.
0: (laughs) Yep. It's
2: just like. But then that and then that kicks off his his idea, right? That's that's the part where they then they start canvassing.
0: Yeah, like it's like. Well, it's like really fucking gross because they're like, "Oh, we need to have a kiss competition." And sorry, I spaced out for a second. Did we talk about Toby's fucking elbow stunt?
1: No, not yet.
0: Okay. Oh my
1: god.
2: Because it's
0: basically like Toby does a lot of.
2: Toby does a very lot of odd physical business in this episode. Yeah. So I'm very glad we're talking about it.
0: Yeah, like he like so they're like we're gonna have a kiss competition. Whoever can get the most kisses, and Toby's like oh, like, watch me, slams his elbow against the locker, tr- begins to kind of, like, fake cry, Manny passes by, he is somehow able to get her to kiss his elbow mm-hmm. like he is a fucking
1: five-year-old. Uh, what the and, fuck okay, wrote this things. episode? One,
2: <laughs> one, that shouldn't fucking count. No. First off.
0: No, it's an elbow. Uh, two... Elbow kisses don't count. Like,
2: he does this thing with his eyebrows after like every kiss starting with that one that like made my skin crawl. Yep. He's doing this thing where like where like he does like the, the, the kind of winky eyebrow wag to like everybody, but he does it so much that it undercuts the like the actual intent of the eyebrow wag. So he just looks like some insane person that just can't stop waggling their eyebrows or like a like a community theater actor where like one person said oh i like that thing that you did uh uh, in that one scene so they never stop doing it yeah and it just becomes like their entire character oh god it, it it truly drove me insane
1: the thing is like like toby I don't I don't want to talk about somebody's physical appearance, but like the fiction of the show is that Toby is not what you call a stud. And it's just like why is he suddenly having so much success? Is it just to undercut Rick? Like shouldn't he also be Yeah. Shouldn't he also be a pariah cuz he's hanging out with Rick? Yeah. Cuz everybody knows what Rick did. Like that was the weirdest part of this whole B plot to me is that just like like just everybody knows, like everybody right. knows, everybody remembers the yellow ribbon campaign, which was like what two weeks ago. Yep. And like, <laughs> it's just I
2: mean I actually I kind of didn't realize that it was so close within the narrative of the show. It, so it was hysterical. like
0: literally like two episodes ago.
1: Yeah. Okay. And oh, the man and the other confu- like. Now that, like, all this stuff has kind of, like, come out with the Me Too movement and whatnot, and they talk about, like, whisper networks, mm-hmm. like, I feel like the girls of the Grassy would be like, stay the fuck away from him. <laughs> like...
0: I mean, it's true, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Like, I don't, I don't see any faults in this logic at all. Uh, it's so weird. And, like, yeah, that was another thing that struck me, is that suddenly, like, Toby has gone from basically scum in social status at Degrassi to, like, this huge fucking, like, overnight sensation with the ladies. And I guess it is just a narratively undercut Rick, but, like, it's such an odd, like, diverge... Like, it's such a weird turn for a show that kind of takes its social like, interactions and dynamics with the characters pretty seriously, usually.
0: Well, it's, like, also odd because it's, like, y- you could see JT being, like, kind of a scamp and getting away with this type of stuff. Yeah, like, he has enough. He has enough, like, standing in his social status at this point where he could probably pull off what Toby did this episode. Like, they'd be like, aw, JT. JT's up to some shenanigans. Smooch, smooch. But like Toby doesn't has not earned that in the social strata of DeGrassi.
1: But the issue is with JT is, is he
0: wouldn't do it at this point. Yeah, hopefully
1: this, this, that he's act that would have be been like seventh grade JT. Exactly. Like current JT is like, hey, I fucked up with the penis pump, and at one point I tried to physically I tried to punch the shit out of Dean. I'm I'm on a new level. Punk? Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. That was last, that was last year. That was last semester. This is new, I don't, I don't
0: even new know year, new me. <laughs> so but, but yeah, no, it's absolutely true. Because like Toby's shenanigans almost, you can even say, are very JT-esque in the sense that like, so the first thing he does is he like shoves a CPR doll in a locker, which I was like, oh, okay, where are we going with this one? <laughs> so that
2: he... Yeah, that's such an odd hard cut because it's like it's basically just a free floating scene yeah because it cuts away from some page stuff and you're like what the is he doing with this cpr dummy and then it the reveal is so odd and he's still doing the goddamn eyebrows but he's laying on the floor
0: exactly like he he then basically volunteers i guess to be the cpr person which i feel like would be a horrendous situation from administration no
2: no teacher (laughs) worth half their salt would allow this yeah any kid that would be like i volunteered to be the the, like you have to see the counselor right now (laughs) you you have there's something that i can't
1: help you with them and also you need to go deal with and also CPR, like this is the thing that kills me. CPR is not a fucking kiss. You're you're lamprey putting your mouth over somebody else's mouth, yeah. to form a seal, to breathe air into them. Like I don't know, I, I haven't kissed that many people, like, but I don't remember any of them being like, all right, here I come. I'm gonna form my mouth into a complete circle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope not.
1: <laughs> be the most or, uh, terrifying all right. the I'm just going to breathe oxygen into your mouth.
3: <sighs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man.
0: But um,
1: <laughs> if that awakens something in you, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're now in possession of the worst fetish. Uh, but yeah, like uh,
0: he, he like straight up is like, and as he's doing this, like Rick just tries to get like a circle of women to surround him and him basically propose, like providing a proposition for why he should get smooched.
2: Um and then yeah, he's like he's listing his stats basically. Yeah. Like I'm really good at science and like who gives a shit, bro? Like you that's the weirdest thing to say to somebody. It's very Dwight Schrute. He's like, very Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, he's collaborated with the White Knight himself, fucking Toby, so unsurprising. <laughs> the thing
1: is like the thing is <laughs> Uh, like, I honestly, like, the thing is about Dwight Schrute is that Dwight Schrute, am on that show, because my husband and I watched the whole thing. It was just, like, himself, and then women were just strangely attracted to it, which was the joke. Like, <laughs> no woman should be attracted to oh, Rick. Man. That's the truth.
0: I have not watched the show, but I believe you guys in your discussions.
1: It, it's okay. <laughs> Can we Yeah, yeah, you're 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 fine. It's
0: I'm glad to hear that. But I think what's really important to focus on is the fact that after Toby does the whole CPR doll stunt, he then has a fake charity in which he's getting kisses for "quote unquote" uh,
1: God, thick yeah. kittens. Wait, it, this what, is <laughs> it, it was like a it was like a fucking kissing boob or something. Yeah. Like a dollar a kiss. It absolutely proceeds. was.
2: Proceeds. Yeah, it's some, it's some family circus bullshit. Like, I don't understand how anybody is just like, oh, yeah. See, th- this, this sounds, this looks completely on the up and up. Just some kid standing by a stairway with a janky sign that he taped to the stairwell in question. I'll totally
1: do this. Yeah. They, they should have had Snake appear in the line and then just cut to, um snake throwing toby and rick out of the school dj jazzy <laughs> jeff style and saying come back in a week or are suspended it's just and then like he does another
2: cut where he crumples up the sign really dramatically and whips it at him again when he's in the parking lot yep <laughs> oh man
0: perfect <laughs> but it's like rick is very angry about this he like kind of does like a weird wave at a girl and as he walks past her he, like, shreds up the, the list that he has been keeping track of everything and shoves it in the garbage as Toby watches from inside the school. Um, and then the next scene, we have Darcy, who we met last episode, being coerced for $5 by Toby to give him a kiss. Um, and as Rick is approaching, she, being a new kid... Is like, you know, I feel bad for him. Why do people hate him so much? And Toby entirely <laughs> avoids the topic. He's like, yeah, so is $5 enough?
1: What the fuck, Toby?
2: <laughs> well, that's like the thing. It's like... <laughs> but that's also like... Oh, man. And, oh, okay. and see, I had missed that she's a new kid. Yeah. I had completely forgot. I man. That's even grosser that yeah. he just, like, completely whiffs that, gives her no context whatsoever, and then throws her in the middle of this, like, pissing contest that I...
0: It's, it also makes makes um, Toby, like, Toby's perspective to me all the more confusing, because ultimately it's like, why do you, like, why are you associating with Rick? I understand that, you know, sometimes you, you don't, you know, your friends are splintered off... You're not really able to be with the people that you want to be with in terms of your friendships, mm-hmm. and sometimes you end up with people who maybe are, like, kind of B or C to your friends. Look, it happens. But, what...
2: <laughs> I'm just saying. B C to your friends. Yeah, that's, like, they're only... Funny term to
0: me. Yeah, but, like, it's, like, one of those things where he does not even make an effort to defend Rick at all, which means that he thinks Rick, for all intents and purposes, at the very least has been in the wrong recently with the way that, you know, some of these situations have come up. It just is like, if you really think he's a garbage person, why did you engage in this whole entire interaction with him in the first place? Number one. Number two, why are you um, giving into his whole entire competition fantasy? Um, And number three, why are you dragging a, like, a new kid who I think is a grade younger or something like that. Um, like, why are you... Because I remember uh, Jay brings up a ninth grader later, so I assume it's her. Like, why are you... Th- like, it's just there's so much bullshit in what is happening that I want to believe is more than... Like, it just is like... I understand teenagers are not always the the smartest with this type of stuff, but, like... You would think that at the very least he would defend Rick in some way, shape, or form when Darcy asks. The fact that he just entirely avoids that jumps to the fact that the the bet is on the line. It's like, who are you?
1: Totally the yeah, this, this episode right. really
2: proves that, that he gets anything from Rick's relationship. Yeah. Or that rick is really the only one that's like gaining anything from his <clears throat> excuse me from his association with toby because like toby's kind of a known quantity around the school um but like he, he has no obligation to hang out with him so it's so yeah. odd that he goes down this whole rapid hole with him
0: especially because like in the case of like emma Obviously, he wants to have his time with Emma. He wants to spend time with Emma because he still has feelings for Emma, which, by the way, <laughs> um, I, it's been literally years. I understand that happens sometimes. Sometimes you have a crush for a very, very, very long time, but as a viewer, I am tired. But the thing with this whole entire Toby situation with Emma is the interactions, at least in this episode, are not malicious. It's just that, like, you know, she's busy or she just doesn't see him in a romantic sense. And and that is his motivation? Question mark to do to to do all this like scummy stuff. It's like it's like are boys that fucked up? Like are teenage boys that fucked up that like that's all they need to start like coercing women into kissing them? The answer is probably yes.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, like, writing's kind of on the wall on that one. Yeah, uh, but um it's it is it's just it's so odd it's so out of nowhere and and like you guys are saying it's so it's so oddly divergent from where toby is headed at this or where toby's going through this season the whole thing is very weird
0: it is it's very weird darcy scopes out rick and compliments um him on his glasses, he brings up that there's a kissing competition, We're like, basically without any other, it's like, she's like, hey, I like your glasses, he's like, hey, I'm in a kissing competition. There's, like, no transition. <laughs> whatsoever.
2: Also, right, right after he completely whiffs a, a pretty good, like, icebreaker. Like yeah. She's, she says, hey, I like your glasses, and then she's like, hey, where'd you get him? The optometrist? Like, you can't read the room even a little bit, can you, dude? Like, he,
0: I mean, that part, I'm like, okay, like, I've done that, I've done that, I, I'm sure, I am positive I have been flirted with way more than I will ever be able to identify, I I would venture bounces to say, right off you. I don't notice, I don't notice, I'm just like, oh wow, that person was really nice, and I need, like, somebody on the outside, or the person themselves to be like, are you fucking kidding me, like, <laughs> It, I don't operate, maybe this is just a non-binary thing, but, like, I operate with, with, like, the difficulty of processing that I have a corporeal form. So the thought of someone flirting with me is, like, entirely like, what? No way.
2: Yeah, it's just just totally foreign. You have no idea how to re, how to react to it or process it. Yeah. I, I get
0: it. Yeah, like, the only time I, I'm, like, vaguely aware of my corpse is, like, when I'm, like, cosplaying. I'm like, that's it.
2: <laughs> but, but, but. It's. Okay, so then the the the, the kissing boot. I've got the kissing contest. She is good natured enough to, I guess, kind of acquiesce to it,
0: mm-hmm. and then Jay spots them.
2: Then the fire, the fire rises right afterwards. It's a... Yep, but
0: yeah, Jay Jay spots them. Toby's kind of looking the other way on the phone. Darcy into and, and uh. uh rick are doing the whole thing and he he is angry um the next scene of this plot we go into the hall um they are talking about the 11 kisses that toby acquired versus one kiss and rick is feeling real good about his one kiss um and how it boosts his confidence and toby is very curious about like who it was and blah 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 even though he knows um but like you know rick is like you know like trying to keep this as this like special little secret for himself um and jay approaches them and points out like i don't know frank if you have the transcript right now
1: survival instinct has the oldest and strongest member of the pack protecting the young and the weak <laughs>
0: Yeah, so he's suggesting. It's
2: such a bizarre interaction.
0: <laughs> it really is bizarre. It absolutely is bizarre. And 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 like what what Jay is getting at is that Toby is protecting Rick because Toby has some sort of like upper ranking on Rick. Which
1: oh, I think that was more of a dig at Rick because Rick is a year older than him, older than Toby, and Rick just fucking bolted.
0: True. Um
2: and, and it's such an odd like who the hell would frame that like that? Like who else but Toby would, would would describe the situation that they're in exactly like that? And the most weirdest present, well, like it's, it's Jay such Jay that says yeah, it's it. Jay who says
0: Jay comes in and says that.
1: Wait, I, I oh shit,
2: I totally forgot It's
1: I I, absolutely I, bizarre I, I forgot about that. That's, that, that's what I was
2: talking about earlier Jay has these odd <laughs> bursts of like, <laughs> like eloquence where he like, I like, guess that he's gleaned at least a little bit from school that he can turn it against the, the weaker people, it's so odd it's <laughs> I, man, I, I, This is what I was talking about, that Jay kind of fascinates me like this way
1: I, I want there to be a moment where, like, they're about to, um, like, they're dealing with something, like him and Alex and like the rest of their crew, and he's like, wait a minute, Sun Tzu once said, "If you have, if you're able to fight, you must fight," and they're like, what?
2: <laughs> I was, I was, mis- I was mistaking this with the interaction that he has with the new girl in that he's, he like, in his relationship with Rick. That was that was my screw-up. But, yeah, it's so uh, odd. And also, the way that he makes Toby get into the locker is one of the funniest oh things yeah? I've ever seen because it's, it's not violent. It's not, like, he's not really shoving him in the locker. He's just kind of, like, lightly menacing him into the locker. And then he, like, kind of sinks into it. He just kind of
1: closes it. I mean, it's so funny to me. And then st- just stands there against it and just says, and yeah. like, um, says, too bad he's not here to save you now.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's just a very odd
1: Ending to this B plot, <laughs>
0: right? Well, like, well, it's also like
1: he's just stuck in the blocker.
0: <laughs> well, like Jay also is like you know a ninth grader is getting stalked. Like you have created, you have continued the cycle now. There's this very, it's it's a it's I feel as though they should have put more weight into this piece too, where where Jay is saying like, hey, like there are reports that now Rick is harassing another person. Like congratulations, asshole! You just enabled him.
1: Jay, Jay, really reminds me of Nelson Muntz from The Simpsons, mm-hmm. where they absolutely kind of, they kind of over the years um, threaded in this thing where Nelson will bully with a point. Like there's this whole part. Yes, he has a moral. He has a moral code. Yeah, there's this whole mm-hmm. there's this whole point where Bart is just constantly raising his hand and getting every answer wrong. And then what you cut to after class and Nelson punches him in the stomach and goes, that's for wasting teacher's precious time.
0: But like Jay, yeah, Jay's like that. Where I think like Alex just has a code. I feel like Jay kind of fits more that type of archetype of like the bully, like with the weird arbitrary kind of seemingly arbitrary rules, even though they're not actually all that arbitrary. Um, Just it feels like Alex kind of knows when to strike Jay. You never know when when it's going to happen.
1: Because the thing is, we like, he bullies very specific people. Yes. We've never seen, like, he, he robbed the school on multiple occasions. Right. But he didn't, it doesn't appear that he just goes after random people. Like, he went after Rick, he went after Toby, and that's kind of it. I'm, I'm yeah, there's always a,
2: there's it's like he it's like he feels slighted in some way, or like in a way where he can like like get at the establishment, then he'll do it. But it's not
1: it's it's not a. I'm kind of as you would think it would be. Yeah, I, I'm kind of wondering if this that's Alex's influence. Probably like,
0: kind of to a certain extent. Absolutely,
1: absolutely could be. Because if Alex is so gung-ho on beating the shit out of Rick because of the experiences that happened with her mother, mm-hmm. like, that's something Jay would know about. I mean, well, Jay was there when she said it, but, like, I'm sure he has probably done the best he could with comforting Alex after one of those moments. hmm Like, or also might have been one of the... Like, if there was a particularly bad dude, or, like, particularly, like, one dude Jay could have, might have threatened the dude away.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, so then he sees this happening, and he's just like, nope, i I'm-, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> like, like I think I said it on la- like, one episode where Jay probably wants to just fly into the radar so he can steal at his leisure. Like, but I think, like, it's just... Jay has a code of like there are some things you do and there's some things you don't.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um but yeah it's a it's a pretty asinine plot. I don't know how else to put it. It's it's fucking gross, it's not enjoyable.
1: I you now I think about it, like I don't like Spinner's been more of a dick to Marco than Jay has been.
0: Yeah. Like uh, Jay I, Jay, it seemed like it was like the kind of easy way to show like that flavor of homophobia for lack of better terms like the very aggressive form of it meanwhile spinners is i think the one that they really want to emphasize more because that is the one that i think that the ki- that kids at least i know back then especially as a kid growing up in that era that was the type of homophobia i experienced a lot of
1: well i think the thing also 100 yeah, percent Is that, like, Alex has a moral center, more of a moral center than Jay does.
0: Oh, 100%. And when... She's a very firm one.
1: And when Alex was like, I'm gonna out you in front of the school, Jay was just like, alright, whatever.
3: Yeah, like... (laughs) Like, I
1: looked to you to do the right thing, and you are saying this is the right thing, so... Whatever. And I care about you, and I want you to win, and I think this is how we win.
0: (laughs) right, fine. So... Oh, yeah, I don't think Jay is perfect... But I do think that there is, like, there is, like, a method that is happening. Whether or not you agree with the method is kind of up to you as an individual, as a viewer. But there is a method. Yeah. And
2: um, I, don't, I, don't I don't think Jay punches down like Spinner does in this episode. No,
0: Spinner, Spinner, Spinner also, like, hyper focuses in a way on, on a lot of this stuff that uh, Jay just does not do. Jay will drop something. Like he'll be like, "Oh, this sucks," and he'll whine about it, but he, like he will drop it. It's not like Spinner, who is carrying this anger and resentment for literally like six
1: episodes. And, and think about the way, think about the way he treats Rick versus how he treats Toby. Exactly. Like he slams Rick against the locker. Okay, and. Uh, I think I, I feel like it can go without saying, but I'm just going to say, anyway, we don't condone bullying of any kind. We're just trying to figure out Jay's behavior. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not like we're just... I'm not pumped when I see Jay slam Brick into the locker. I'm just trying to figure out Jay as a character.
0: Exactly. This um, is this is just Jay meta hour.
1: Yeah. Like, J- Jay just menaces Toby into the locker. He doesn't shove Toby, doesn't punch Toby. No. Um... <laughs> Uh, I'm talking to the cat. Uh, mm, 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 mm. He just like, yeah. He goes for targets that are like he goes. He's in uh, in a certain way. He's going after a threat because Rick is. As much as I hate, I I don't like seeing kids bleed, but I also don't like Rick, which is the. <laughs> I, I feel like yeah yeah yeah. Like I feel like that's the like. I feel like that's a very interesting thing Degrassi has done of being like, yeah, I hate bullies, but man, I don't like Rick. So I'm, I'm not conflicted about this because I don't think any kid should be bullied, but I don't like Rick. Right. But the th- and like Jay, like, Jay, you know, I feel like sees Rick as a threat, which is what he is. Mm hmm. Like, and also, but also, I don't think we've, We haven't, like, really discussed it, but, like, Writers of Degrassi, you had a character who put somebody in the hospital from intimate partner violence, Mm -hmm. and then you're just like, hey, no, let's do this thing. Yeah. So (laughs) fucking... And
2: that's kind of the... It's kind of the failing that they kind of... They have their toy box of characters... And now they kind of have to deal with them, and that's that's one of the more interesting things I think about soapy things is that like you you have to have these big dramatic moments, but then now you also have to fucking deal with them, and you mm. have to now reconcile them within the narrative of the show. And sometimes Degrassi like does that really well, and sometimes they really don't. <laughs> and I think this is the example of a, this is a definite example of the latter.
0: I I think this happens a lot, especially with the boys, because I think that the writers kind of revel in the boys being on bad behavior. And then, when the boys do truly heinous shit, they don't necessarily want to or can't really get rid of them. So they just try to, like, keep moving forward. And I feel like this happens very often with their male characters. There's a couple that also down the pipeline have a similar issue where they're introduced in a way that's super fucked up but then they keep them on and you're expected to basically as a viewer forgive them like because <clears throat> they they have a contract
1: the, the thing the thing well
2: it's and it's kind of the angel problem too like you have you have this character that like it has done horrible things i, I know angels pro, angels probably a terrible example to use but it was the one that came to my mind right. and, Mm-hmm. First, you, you you have this character that has done horrific things, and now you're trying to. Probably Spike would probably be better for this analogy, yeah. Because Jaegers, uh, but like yep. you like you said, like they they have they have to have male leads. You have to, like you. I mean, as much as it's sucks <laughs> to, so they they can't they can't just be like, well, they're just gonna go to jail or they're gonna go to juvie and then be done with that plot. It's it's and it's like a weird tightrope that they have to walk with some of these characters.
1: My when you said you have to have male um, characters, my immediate thought was, do you? Right. You <laughs> one thousand percent do
2: not. Like I, like, I there's like a thousand. There are at least ten shows that you could name right now that prove that wrong. Okay, but like it, at, it, at this point,
1: I, I, I want Degrassi to Why the Last Man? Their cast and just Marco. Oh man.
2: Can you imagine how amazing that reboot?
0: <laughs> right.
2: It's like they, they murder all the men. All, like they just the whole deal. It,
1: it's, it's like they just like, the, the boys get raptured to shitty boy purgatory and it's just Marco. Call us up, Canadian
2: Broadcasting Company. We're, we're ready for you.
0: We got a writer's room. All right. Let's, Surely you'll bring back Degrassi now, right?
1: Speaking speaking of the writer's room, <laughs> um, let's I, like we do this during our discussion. I can just go like I say we just fix it in the last six minutes and then move on to the A plot. Um the last six minutes of this hour. Um How could we do this plot line keeping kind of the, the main structure but move it away from like the grossness of a kissing contest. Mm-hmm. I think having Toby and Rick talking about women kind of showcasing the toxic masculinity they're displaying in this whole episode and then, like, new girl Darcy kind of into Toby kisses, kisses Toby and that sparks jealousy and anger in Rick. hmm And, like, that... And I feel like that would kind of showcase it. And then you could just move on from there. Like I don't want Rick interacting with any women on this show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's
2: a hazard.
1: Um, anybody wanna uh, <laughs> anybody want to edit what I just said?
2: I mean I think Donnie I think Donnie's suggestion of having maybe JT involved would at least ease this up a little bit, right?
1: Yeah. Or that, and that could be the ca- if you want to keep the friendship between the two of them, have the catalyst be that they're observing JT and be like, oh, and like <coughs> it was like he used to be my friend, oh, like now he's you know big man on campus,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and have them like become jealous and anger angry because of that, and you can still highlight the toxic masculinity in it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I agree. Sorry. Dahlia was doing some cute shit.
1: She's burying her head in my arm. She also... Ow! Oh! She
0: okay, does not want to be held anymore. She made it known.
1: Oh,
2: man. Whoa. That was a turn. That took a real turn. Yep.
1: That's just a real turn.
2: But not... Dahlia always... And, I, and I think... That, and I think having the new girl involved, too, would definitely ease it up. I think that if you have... um, 1,000% of female character in there, I think it would at least give it a little bit more of a satirical edge. Maybe if you have somebody that's a little bit more sassy or kind of a little bit more known for commenting on um, this kind of shit involved. Mm -hmm. It would at least add a little bit of self-awareness to it.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, Uh, But man, I don't know. This would be something I would definitely have to blue sky for for a little bit to get really, really
1: something good out of it. I, I feel the same way. Well, honestly, I say... Keep it with the new girl, and then have that become part of the discussion, of just like
0: mm-hmm.
1: some like ha- like have somebody be like you put her in like Rick's sights. That's a terrible thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <sighs> Are we ready to hit the a plot, which is also not great?
1: <laughs> not great. But... I mean, but it's at least
2: it's got it's got my girl Alex
1: in it, it so does. I at least like it
2: a little bit more.
0: Yeah. This is a. Uh, This episode, this part of the episode is interesting to me in the sense that, like, I think that the B plot is pretty horrendous. I think the A plot, though it's not perfect, there is this interesting piece of it that I do find vaguely, um, you know, worthwhile. Which is this big piece of, like, how a bad relationship impacts your, like, you as a person. Yeah. I, I think that there's a really good piece of this that you'll see that we see throughout this episode that I actually think was handled quite well, but it unfortunately meant I had to watch Spinner be a fucking asshole for twenty two <laughs> minutes.
2: So see, this season Spinner really sucks. Yeah, right? like like he like really really sucks.
0: It's it's one of those things where it's like I think homophobic Spinner is terrible, but like. There's something about, like, with that, not to say you could just blame it on ignorance, but, like, in many ways you were like, okay, Spinner's being an idiot, I hate this, but this is not atypical of his character. Now he's unrelenting. Like, with with Marco, we saw some degree of growth. We still, I don't want to say I believed he got, he grew entirely because I think he was still shithead. But at least he was de escalating how malicious, like outwardly malicious he was being. But with this and his relationship with Paige, it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And worse. Literally every single time. Like oh my God. And
2: there's like a glee.
0: Yes. There's right? Like,
2: like a performative yeah. kind of like, look at this shit. Like, look look how awesome I'm going to be. And, and like, it really, really is off putting. And like, you're it's, like, they're. You, please, go ahead.
0: No, it's okay. It's like he's asserting his power over a rape survivor.
2: Yes. Absolutely. And, like, using the knowledge of that Mm -hmm. as, like, bedrock for his gags, like, the... Oh, God, I, we're gonna get into it, but just, Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's, it's really hard to watch. It's,
0: it's fucking awful, and, like, that's the part that really, like, pisses me off. Because he knows, like, that's the thing, it's not like we're watching this and we as an audience are privy to information that other people aren't. It's not like some incidents where, <clears throat> where Paige reacts a certain way because she is a survivor. Um, and we know, but maybe not the character on the screen knows, Spinner was, like, Spinner was well aware of what was going on. So his behavior, to me, there's no excuse. I understand that, like, you know, you're not going to be perfect in processing and dealing with the fact that your partner has has gone through traumatic experiences. There's no road map, and when you're a fucking teenager, you especially do not have the resources to deal with that. But being outwardly malicious and and angry, and carrying that anger and making that person feel like shit and go in into like go into their shell because of it is is, is horrible because um, like we start off at the dot and it's just kind of a montage of Paige trying to uh you know just trying to make things work working at the dot she screws up like a drink order twice she screws up like a plate order she spills stuff she's just that
2: plate stuff is so funny to me yeah that that couple that just keeps switching their stuff as she puts it down it was a good visual gag that was such a great bit yeah i thought it was a great bit of like background physical business Mm. i loved it
0: yeah that part was really good um so that part was like one of the stronger bits of the episode she then at the end of her shift is sitting there counting out 67 cents as a tip um, and Spinner is just a total asshole about it and about how, like, oh, well, it's a little bit to kind of, like, start paying back my car. Ha ha, will somebody think about my car? And the thing is about this is, like, Paige, there was, like, a way that Paige could have, like, taken this and and, and been, like, hey, you fuck ass. Like, I was traumatized and I was lashing out and I was trying to fucking destroy my, like, rapist's car Instead, she's like totally apologetic about it, and is like, "I'm really sorry that I did this. I'm really sorry that I, I, you know, I was responsible for this. Here, I am trying <laughs> to to right this wrong." And he couldn't it care less. It makes me
2: so sad. Yeah, the fact he just he just it's bulldozes over it. It makes me so sad that he's constantly like, well, we'll come up with some kind of payment plan, or like, I, I I, feel so bad that I, you know, I wrecked his car two days after he got it. Like, you have nothing to apologize about. You did absolutely nothing wrong. You were 1,000% of the victim, and he should have fucking insurance. Like, it's, it's, so, it's so heartbreaking to see her Really, really trying her best and, like, kind of internalizing her victimhood in a way that makes her feel so responsible for mm-hmm. his loss of property And then instead of him realizing that for what it is, like, Mm -hmm. her trying to process her fucking trauma, he's like, well, yeah, I mean, you're gonna, you're definitely gonna pay me back, and you're definitely gonna pay for my new car. Like, you need to really chill out, buddy.
0: It's true, though, because it's, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, in so many ways, this whole entire way that Spinner is trying to control her and holding this over her head is, it's not written super explicitly in the episode but it can be seen as re-traumatizing somebody Mm -hmm. you are taking power away from them you are belittling them you are not no it's not um it's not sexual assault but it's still like re putting them back in a powerless state literally every fucking time you interact with them and it's it is unforgivable quite frankly To do this constantly, putting them in a fucking void, and I, it's not quite gaslighting, but it's still putting the person in a chamber of, like, feeling like shit, basically.
1: Well, I mean, that's... Absolutely. That's the... Yeah. Like, I, I... (laughs) No, like, no, I, I... I wasn't trying to excuse it or say anything like that, I just... I don't really. I I don't have anything to add. But it's it's hard just, to
0: describe because it's kind of one of those things where it's like it, it's not like it's.
1: It, it's. I mean, it's I th- emotionally manipulative. Yeah, it's emotionally manipulative and, and blanketly just insensitive. Yeah, like it's this kind of. Th- I I feel like. It's the kind of thing where somebody be like uh, like make a joke about something you went through like six months down the line and then they're like, "Oh fuck, we're not able to laugh about this now." Yes. Yes. Oh my god.
2: That's so so good. And like just with the whole base, like the whole baseline yuckiness of the whole thing is is just like reprehensible pretty much. Mm-hmm. But then there's also this this other odd layer that he's kind of blackmailing her into having a relationship with him, at, at, like, not not so much like like an actual physical or romantic relationship at this point, but it's like a, or are they, they are boyfriend and girlfriend at this point, yeah, right? Yeah, I was kind of muddy on that just because involved. I don't really have that, okay. And it's like, you're still, you're holding this odd sword of Damocles over your girlfriend's head. And, like, it's also kind of explicitly responsible for you being in a relationship. Like, it's so it's so troubling on so many fronts that we could probably talk for, like, another day and a half yes. just about this.
0: It's true. Um, I mean, we'll talk more definitely during this episode, but, like, it's fucked up. And I think it's more fucked up than, like, <laughs> even the writing leans into in this one.
1: The, the writing on this whole yeah. episode seems just unbelievably tone-deaf it's
0: like i mean yes. it's it's very um i think it just really underestimates the deeper implications of what is going on in the story
1: it, it's,
0: uh, it undersells it for lack of better terms
1: it just feels like they just straight up do not care about women and-
0: no i don't think they do um <laughs> uh, but we knew that but, <laughs> we knew that um, but like,
2: yeah, but, but. and there's also, there's an extra, there's an extra kind of insidiousness to it in the guy who plays Spinner's performance of it mm. because it's so, it's so, he's like, so kind of, like, he's just very much, el- yeah, elbowing you in the ribs kind of going like, you know, isn't this funny? Isn't this super funny? Women, and then am I right? are kind of like, no, it's, no, it's, it's very gross. And then he's like, well, fuck you. It's, it's actually really funny. I'm going to keep doing it <laughs> and just yeah. doubles down on it.
0: It's terrifying, and like the worst part is, is like the the worst part of this scene to me is not only is he being an asshole, but the manager thinks it's okay to give them the schedule for the next week. Spinner finds out that he's working, um, and Paige finds out that she's not because she gets fired. She gets fired right in front of her fucking terrible boyfriend.
1: What an awful, awful boss!
0: Right? It's
2: like it really is. I mean, Great.
1: spoilers for the tail end of this episode, but Mary fires Paige out of anger. But I, that one I understood where she's like, fuck this. We're done.
3: Right. Yeah. 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 The the, the second firing, you
2: definitely, there's the, there's some sort of like statu- there There's some sort of like uh, um, precedent for that. Like your fucking boyfriend can't come and sort of fist fight in front of your place of work. And you expect to keep your job. The, the dot or pop guy, or what the fuck ever, because I've been rewatching Riverdale. Um, <laughs> uh, that like he's just kind of like, well, sorry for you. You need to sup get your shit and get out
0: Yeah, it's awful. It's it's really truly awful. Um, and um, yeah, like, and the thing is with her, it's like it's like it's just because she can't keep up. Which you know is a conversation you have privately with the person and let go of them gently. You don't humiliate them. It
1: would be fucking amazing if if she's just like, you know what, I'm bringing a wrong for termination suit against you. Right. <laughs> I received no warnings.
2: It becomes like a multi-episode arc of her like really trying to take uh, the dot to like the Canadian Supreme Court.
0: Hell yeah. Um, unfortunately, yeah, that's I'm not what sure we get. Ugh. Because what, happens, what we get instead is next scene... Spinner and Manny approach each other and you know Manny points out Spinner's sunburn. Um and they're talking and as they're talking Spinner brings up like Paige and her lavender scented lotion and sniffs Manny and is like, "Yup, you don't have lavender." It's like, "What the fuck, dude?"
2: It's so weird. And they get so close. Yeah. And they're just kind of just like standing so like uh, it's so weird. Is this before or after the cafeteria scene?
0: This is before. Um, this is before?
2: Okay, because the cafeteria scene I have a lot. Yeah. Because well, oh, I really loved
0: it. Oh, yeah, big same. But, like, he's, like, sniffing her and shit, and Craig is in the distance, and he's holding the photo from the, the like, yearbook, for the yearbook that he took while at the car wash. Um, and once Manny leaves, Craig asks if... Um, Spinner and Paige are good, which, by the way, is such like a dude way to to approach this topic. Just like, yes. yo, you good? Like that? I feel like that's just how men always ask this question.
2: Not are you? Are you communicating? Are you? Are you are guys too, still like, together? Emotional needs. Yeah. It's, are you good? Yeah. Dude, come on.
0: And and then of course Spinner takes it in a really aggressive way, and he says that like it. As well as Manny, are none of his business, and he also adds like this little like jab where he's like, not this year. It's like, Whoa.
2: yeah. <sighs> he really, Spinner hits, his Spinner really hits below the belt. Like, he does all the fucking like, guys. it seems to be really his move. I'm
1: yeah. Um, at first I thought you spit, You were about to say, Spinner really gets me. I'm like, what the fuck?
3: Right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you imagine. Yeah. Just I just out, I just out myself as a total filth. And then I was like, well, I'm just gonna cancel myself right after this, guys.
0: Right.
1: It's like when my mom's just like, I'm, uh, gonna, I'm gonna get on the internet and tell everybody to be nice to you. I was like, alright, cool. I'll just quit the internet then. I'll just be done.
3: Right. <laughs> like, that's oh, it. But no, it's
2: it's such a, it's such an uncomfortable scene, and he, you're right, he gets very, very, quickly.
0: Yeah, like, he just, like, he just, and, and the thing about it is, is, like, I feel like he, he, like, brings a, a intensity and escalates these situations, and I can't even be like, oh, it's out of character, or it's, like, abrupt, like, it is abrupt, but it's the way that, guys act sometimes that are like this and like there's nothing really unrealistic about it it's just like all of a sudden they're pulling a jab from like out of fucking nowhere it's like what like it's just really baffling and infuriating it's terrible um and then we go to the cafeteria and Paige and Hazel and Ashley are walking and Paige kind of bonk, like Paige like bonks into a girl and then almost like a pinball she like bonks into Ashley and Hazel um and
2: spills spills the soup yeah this like, whole there's this insane but like well she got soup for lunch isn't that fucking weird and she's like hey soup's good like i it's i'm so baffled by this this amazing teenager that was just like yeah i'm gonna have a bowl of soup today very lunch.
0: brave very brave but yeah, ashley's wearing like a white tank top and it's just covered in, in stuff now. She's just, like, so unhappy. She, she did not, like, lose it like uh, I probably would have, but she was just kind of like, okay, this sucks. This blows. Um, and as um, Paige kind of sits down, Spinner mocks her uh, for, like, being klutzy, and then proceeds to, like, eat her lunch, and she gets kind of mad about it. And he gives these really disparaging comments about, like, the seasoning of the fries and shit, because it was not prepared to his taste. And
2: Needs more salt, as he's, like, taking fistfuls of her fries.
0: Yeah, like, we're not talking about, like, how a significant other sometimes, like, you know, snipes a couple fries off your plate, and then, like, you know, because that's just how it is. No, like, he takes, like, fistfuls. And Hazel and Ashley are really put off by this.
1: Can we just make a quick note that Jimmy is just like, why are you being a shitty boyfriend? Jimmy, the,
2: Jimmy, the whole fucking episode. <laughs> um, it's like and, his one line, and he's just like, hey, you're being a real dick.
0: Yeah, and like, Hazel and Ashley bring up, like, how concerned they are about, like, how, like, you know, this is unacceptable. And Paige just kind of brushes it off and says that, you know, Spinner is allowed to treat her this way. Because of the fact that she totaled his car. And that is one of the saddest things I have, like, ever heard yeah, on the show. It's
2: truly, truly heartbreaking.
0: Like, it's so upsetting. Because it's, like, I feel oh. like... It's one thing when when it's, like, oh, like, you know... you and, I, and, you know, we all have been in situations ourselves. Or we have friends who are kind of in shitty relationships. and But, like, when they say it, it's usually, like yeah, but, like, I love them. Like, it's usually kind of like, yeah, but, like, my feelings toward them are true. This is this resignation to, like, being like, no, I fucked up, this was all on me, and, like, not even giving herself the inch to be like, hey, I just dealt with something really fucked up, and I was trying to cope with it. Like, she's giving... Yeah,
2: and she does does kind of, in a little bit get into kind of like, well, they don't see the spinner that I see yeah. Or with Alex at the, mo- at the movie theater. Yeah. But even, even still, it's just I, the fact that she refuses to even, or that she isn't giving, she isn't giving herself enough of a break to have her own autonomy in their relationship is so sad.
0: Yeah. It's incredibly sad. Cause like, it's, it's just, it's just so outright. And and in this case, Hazel and Ashley, have been mutual friends with Spinner for a while at this point. Like, it's probably... I mean, we don't have very much evidence. We don't have a scene in which Ashley and Hazel are talking or anything like that. But, like, it's not easy when it's a mutual friend who's being the shitty partner to, to bring that up a lot of the time. So, like, it's it must really fucking bother Ashley and Hazel how this behavior has been happening for them to even tell Paige that this is a thing that's bothering them.
1: The, like... This honestly like when, you know, Spinner or when Paige defends Spinner, it reminds me of the thing I, I've seen quoted a bunch about the Harley Quinn and the Joker where it's just like, um, everybody's seen the Joker laugh, Harley Quinn's the only one who's seen him cry. And it was like so Yeah, that's, that's
2: yeah, who gives a shit? Like, like it doesn't make it doesn't make any 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 less of a piece of shit.
1: I like, like I know the real Spinner is like, yeah, we know of Good portion of spinner, and he still sucks. Right,
0: right. Like it's it's very sad. It's really depressing. And you touched
2: on, Donnie, You just touched on something pretty interesting too. In that, like, they have like a whole group dynamic. Yeah. Like they they're like a whole they're like a whole party basically. Yeah. So like Hazel and Ashley are in this super uncomfortable position. Where if they do say something, are they going to poison the well with the rest of their friends? Like, are they going to Yoko everybody? And then, like, everyone just kind of dissolve? Like, it's such an odd and, like painful position for Spinner's behavior to put everybody in, just mm. like as an out, like, as someone who enjoys these dynamics so well.
0: Exactly, and like, you could make the argument, oh, they're, they're Paige's friends first, and things like that, but like, mm-hmm. to dismantle a friend, potentially dismantle a friend group who has gone to, you know, pretty great lengths with each other, and have gone through quite a bit with each other, to, to entirely, like, potentially disrupt that <laughs> As a, at any age group, but definitely when you're a teenager and where you are in the social, like, you know the social settings really matter. It's it's incredibly difficult, and I really feel for everybody kind of involved in this little exchange between Ashley Hazel and Paige. Um, shall we go to the next scene?
1: Yes yes yes, 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 yes.
0: So the next scene, we go to the movie theater, um, and Paige is showing off her resume to the manager um and as the manager is looking at it her name is mary yep yeah yeah as mary is looking at it um she notes that she has the dot on her resume and asks about how long she was working there um and Paige, at first is kind of like uh you know whatever and then she just kind of comes clean she's like look like i'm really bad at waitressing but i can fucking do this like i will only be working one person at a time i'm not gonna have to be juggling a bunch of tables so i really think that i can do this Um, and Mary then asks, can you do, can you work in a team? And she's like, yeah, you know, I do, like, cheerleading and stuff like that.
1: Okay, the headline is, oh, I'm team? I cheer for team.
0: Yeah. And, and
2: she... Well,
1: well, with, with that, with, with a, with a sentence
2: like that, like, why not? like...
0: Right. And she, like, looks up, and lo and behold, chomping on her gum.
1: Such an amazing reveal.
0: Miss Alex is working at the theater.
1: Wearing that uniform can only be described as utmost contempt.
2: Right. Yes. It's like a corn dog brown Mm -hmm. or like a weird mustard kind of like. It's so funny. It's such a great reveal. uh,
1: I feel like it's more like a darker brown with like mustard piping.
0: Yeah, it's real ugly. Yes.
1: That's can really a picture of it.
0: It's a very ugly look, but Alex is there. Nothing
1: says, here at the movie theater, we're all about fun, and nothing says fun like our poop brown uniforms.
0: Right. <laughs> Somebody found those in the storage closet and were like, we need to use these in some way, and I don't know how, and then they were like, oh uh, well, fuck it, they're movie theater uniforms now.
1: Okay, and I also just want to throw out, going back going back quickly to the cafeteria, I'm so fucking pumped, though still surprised that the JT... Standy is there, but has not been defaced like nine times. <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> I had actually I had forgotten about that whole thing. I was like, oh yeah, there's like a weird subplot where JT becomes minorly famous and the down Right? Or like, oh god, it's so goofy. It truly is.
1: Yeah, I found it. God, this thing sucks.
2: Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a weird like. It, it reminds me of like, was there like some sort of like burger dog or, like, some sort of odd... Like, because I rewatched watched and Report here recently and I feel like they, they look very similar to the uniforms that the lady at the hot dog stand that Ronnie talks to looks like a mat. I don't know if... Uh, it, this could just be me grasping in straws.
1: Hmm. Okay. So... they're polyester brown with yellow piping down the side, and the most confusing part about them is that they're zip-up polos.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even notice that. It's pretty that's unforgivable. So it's unforgivable. Oh, man. And,
1: and, that's
2: insane.
1: And to add the look is I, what is that hat?
0: It's a visor. a visor? It's, a visor? it's like a khaki-colored yeah. visor.
2: It's There's nothing more humiliating than wearing a visor, or the being given a visor as your official uniform. I, I, it's the yeah. saddest thing.
0: I think a visor can work, but you must be the one who, like, consents to the visor. In this case, they are wearing visors, <laughs> and I don't even know why.
1: I also, now that I, I see a picture <laughs> you have to of- consent to a visor. <laughs> I also never realized the weird, like, um- Proportions? Proportions of the JT Standy, <laughs> where his head is medium size, his body is little, and his, his arms body. are enormous. Yep. Gigantic. Like, he looks like he has paws. Like- <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he got put through the DK mode on GoldenEye.
2: Oh, my God.
0: What
1: a reference.
2: Just just, just all shoulders and forearms. Jesus.
1: Oh, man. So anyway, That's the funniest. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Alex glares at Paige. Uh,
0: and then we go to the hallway at school while Alex is on the computer in the library and Paige is Shop- watching.
1: I, oh, my God. I wish they could just cut to the fucking screen. She's still shopping for jeans.
0: Well, like, that would have been the funniest <laughs> cutaway because Paige is like, Oh my god, I, I, I just- I just don't know how to talk to her. I just- I'm just so scared, and I wish she were just like Alex shopping on fucking Delia's. But, um... But Paige is... Paige is fretting about this, and Spinner is just like, Well, you know what? Uh, your pride that you're so worried about losing? Well, you losing your pride is worth paying back for my fucking car.
2: It's like dude
0: yeah, it's uh... And it sucks because it's like she isn't doing anything to like discredit the fact that she did that. She isn't acting like she do- doesn't remember she she promised to pay him back. She's not doing yeah. she's not doing anything yeah. to warrant him being a dick to her.
1: So, I was just thinking at this time I was working and minimum wage is about
3: 575.
1: Yeah. Spinner says he owes her about or she owes him about $1,200. Now that she has a regular job that would probably pay minimum wage, if she works 16 hours a weekend, it'll take her 13 weeks to pay off. Really? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I guess, well, you have to factor in take-home bed, but yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And if she's giving him her entire check. Yeah. Like, that's just, just, and it's also, like you said, Donnie, he's talking to her like she's ducking him. Yeah. Or like she she has actively actively been like non-responsive about not paying him back. She has she's literally bent over backwards to let him know that she fully plans on on paying him back and he is talking to her like a debtor like an, like an old school like Elizabethan debtor. Yeah. Like, like she's trying to flee the country and not pay him back. It's so
0: gross. And it's just really upsetting, because you see Paige trying to have any semblance of normalcy and talk to him like like he is her boyfriend, and he is just a total asshole about it. He's just, like, he, he's just plowing through it and just, like, only focusing on the money aspect. And it's just really sad. Um, and then Paige approaches Alex, and Alex is super suspicious. Um, and Paige says, like, you know, like, She's good for the job, and like she wants to do it. And Alex says that she gave a perfectly bad word for her, which was so funny to me. It,
2: it's such a it's yeah it's such a baller final line to where she just like kind of pieces out. And Ooh. I always I really like a friends to foes. Or a foe's friends plot a lot. And I kind of feel like Alex and Paige is one of the uh, more underrated dynamics that this show has to offer. Mm-hmm. So it was cool kind of re seeing the beginnings of their of their kind of budding friendship. I,
1: I want there to be a scene like I God I would have fucking paid for that scene of like Alex putting in a bad word for Mary, for uh, Alex putting in a bad word for Paige to Mary. And then she just starts talking about her the way uh, Eve talks about Villanelle. It's like honey colored yes. hair, <laughs> kind of like She's adorable like, chubby cheeks. Sss. And it's just like, and it's just like, and Mary's like, uh, that's not really work. <laughs> I didn't More ask you that. She would be
2: like, I would be able to, she, she'd be on time, or like she'd have a car, reliable transport, and ask you any of that stuff. It's also, frankly, pretty weird that you said all the in front of me, and, and borderline unprofessional. Alex, uh, if you could please leave my office, I would really appreciate that.
1: Well, it's not like I like her storms though. Right,
2: right. Yeah, she's, 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 don't worry about it, just please close the door. And just, <laughs>
0: It's very good. But the next scene,
2: the next scene is one of my favorite things because she, Paige, very confidently is like, "Oh, I can, I can handle one, one person at a time." It's a movie theater. How fucking hard could it be? And having worked in a movie theater uh, for a pretty good portion of my college career, I can tell you that it isn't just one person at a time, and it is pretty fucking uh, harrying as she quickly finds out in this next scene.
0: Well, it's not even the next scene, because the, the next scene is actually Hazel confronting Paige. Oh, yes, it's a thing the bulletin board. Yeah, they're, like, futzing with the bu- bulletin board to include spirit uh, squad stuff, and Hazel says that Paige is better than Alex in the movie job, as well as Spinner, and specifically says that she misses when Spinner was obedient and afraid of Paige.
2: Woo! which I which which I mean where's the line like
0: <laughs> Wow still though <low.
2: laughs> Yeah it's very it's very optically troubling for sure.
0: yeah it it also makes me feel like kind of almost like I gave I, I I like gave such like a benefit of the doubt to the hazel spinner dynamic. I was like, oh, it's nice that they're friends. no it, it looks like. It looks like Hazel was very much of the no-you-can-choke kind of mindset for a while. (laughs) I don't blame her. Oh, man. But, like, Paige just kind of dismisses it, and Hazel reminds her that, like, you know, the reason why the fucking car situation happened was because you were trying to hit your rapist's car. Um, And she does not mince words about this. She just straight up says, she uses the term rapist and things like that.
1: Oh, she... Mm-hmm. Um, the exact line is the car of the freak that raped you yes good I'm just gonna do the whole thing good boyfriends yeah. don't hold you to things like that good boyfriends also don't do this shows Paige the picture of Spinner and Manny looking really close
0: Yep. Yep. um
2: it's very funny that this kind of like that this like this picture has now come up to be a minor plot point where it's just like people are like looking like pensively at this picture and then like showing other people
0: it's so big. They're
2: having reaction. It's so funny. It, yeah, it's so it's so very high school when in like one thing can just like completely spin you out, um, just emotionally and, and with your friends and your your significant others at the time. The, um, it's, it's one of the it's one of the more enjoyable things of, like high
1: school wise to me about this episode. Mm-hmm. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, it's just like the amount of effort Craig had to do to get this picture. Like, he I took mean, it, and yes. he, he like, you know, um, oh, my God, developed it himself and whatnot, and he's just like, yeah, this is going to get him. It takes several hours. but like,
3: oh, boy. <laughs> just in the, him in the dark room going,
2: like, yeah, I got their number now, just flipping it over, like, <laughs> in the, 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 the soup, the, the photo soup, I don't know what this.
1: Developer. I've never done photos before. The, the, all, of, if, or the, man, they just make making a whole plot line where Jimmy just, or not Jimmy, fuck, Joey burst into the dark room was like, like, Craig, you want me off for dinner? And, like, the is like, no! <laughs> <laughs> now how will I show the truth? <laughs> oh, darn, no leverage now, you son of a bitch. I put the, I put this, <laughs> I put the tie on the, on the doorknob. That means I'm developing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the picture itself, the picture itself is so weirdly constructed, like, it, it, it it very it looks like a pi photo like
0: it does uh, like, it does It, it... it kind of was even in the episode it was kind of one of those things where he's walking around he's taking pictures and he's like oh what the fuck's happening here and he like takes a couple And then he
3: just Jessica Joneses, and, like
1: <laughs> Yeah like Oh man now I want high school Jessica Jones in this
0: uh... <laughs>
3: Um her and
1: Alex would be best friends forever
0: True But yeah like <laughs> Even looking at the photo, Paige tries to be like, no, it's nothing. And even though she looks fucking pissed.
1: Jessica's just like, I'm going to go throw Rick into the sun.
0: Good.
3: Good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. And and now this this is the scene where it's her first day at work. And she's just completely in the no, way. No, 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 no. still
0: not, because we're at the dot. Paige approaches Spinner while he's oh, filling Jesus up Christ. some ketchup bottles. You're missing some good <laughs> oh, shit, yes. too. Um, and he makes a this, really...
3: This is a good scene. So
0: he makes a disparaging comment to her about how, like, if you're fired, you shouldn't be fucking coming back, which is a dick thing. Um, <clears throat> and she then is like, well, I propose a new rule. Which is about not love clutching other girls.
1: Love clutches are banned with girls who aren't me.
0: And she like whips out this photo.
1: Love clutches.
2: Yeah. Disgusting combination of words I've probably ever heard.
0: But as soon as she said it, I understood what she was saying. Yeah. Like that's what I loved about yes. it because yeah, she. Yeah. It's very evocative. She then shows him what that means. Paige,
1: Paige would grow up to be that bride you hear about who, instead of reading her vows, just started reading the text messages that her <laughs> her, <laughs> her husband to be was sending to another woman. And oh! then, and then she's just she just like, like
2: con- constantly go for, for shit like this.
1: And then she's also just like. And at the end of the day, she's like, fuck it. We pay for this shit. Let's have a fucking party.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> but anyway.
0: Um, so so she, she's
1: like, this is a hug.
0: And like, so it's like a very like, oh, how, how are you doing that, type of hug? That,
2: that sequence is very funny to me because I think that actress is kind of underrated comedically.
0: I agree. I, whole agree. Whole I like, think she's funny as hell. And, and then that also that
2: this weird running gag that Spinner has a horrific makeup sunburned that, like, kind of, like, doesn't have continuity throughout the episode. No, it doesn't. It's, it's like, weirdly patchy, but people are constantly touching it, Mm -hmm. so when she, it's like, so this is a hug, and she does it right on the sunburn, oh, it's so good.
0: Yeah, and then she's like, and this, and, like, and then she's just like, um, and she's like, and then she points out the one that he shouldn't be doing. Where she just kind of claws into his sunburnt shoulders. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so good because like you, you really get the sense that Paige was like, kind of like maybe sitting at a bench outside the dot beforehand, She's like I'm gonna show him the picture, yeah, and then I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna do this hug example bullshit, and then I'm gonna really like, oh god, this is gonna be so good. Like, is this whole plan that she has?
0: Absolutely.
1: And Paige. <laughs> Page then is like, all you had to do is tell me that it was nothing.
0: And the worst part is, Spinner just fucking is like, I gotta go to work. Which, God fucking damn it! Why such does
1: it a
3: cop be- out. I such a like cop that, out.
0: But I feel like it always happens with this type of shit, even in person. It's like you just can't own up to the fact that you got fucking egg on your face. You gotta be a fucking evasive dick about it. It's awful.
1: I do not want Manny it's, and Spinner today.
2: Such... No. <laughs> it's such a teen boy thing to kind of like be instructed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's just like you're you're
2: you're basically just like unrepentant or you're you're super caught. Everything has gone to shit, but you still can't just you have to double down because if you don't, that means you're in the wrong and that can never happen as a teenage boy.
0: Yeah. Exactly. It's it's just awful. Um, And then we end up in the cafeteria, and Paige and Hazel are watching Ellie and Sean be super cute and, like, feed each other food. Um, And they are kind of lightly gossiping about the fact that they're living with each other now. Um, And Spinner, as Paige reveals, has been avoiding her all day. Um, And then we move on to—it's a really brief little scene. We move on then to uh, spirit squad practice. And Paige is, like, telling Manny to fix her technique, and as she's, like, kind of running through everything, Spinner appears. We clearly see that he has flowers behind his back. He asks Paige if they can talk. Um, And, you know, Paige obviously is pretty angry about it, saying, like, hey, like, why are we fucking talking now when you did not want to talk the whole fucking day? Um, And Spinner is just like, hey, I had some guilty thoughts, but... Um, and then he, like, compares his, you know, his indiscretions with Manny to her having a, a crush on a driver's ed teacher.
2: Yeah, Comparable. It, this is wild. This is, like, the most fuckboy thing yeah. ever. Like, he, he comes in with, like, this kind of performative making-up thing. Also, a very, very telling of, of Spinner's behavior in this is that he waits until it's all girls around to do this. So he Mm -hmm. can kind of like collect a little social capital with the, the, the girls of the school Mm. while later on you kind of see it with the, the opposite side of the the coin with the, with the guys. But no, this is such a, this is such a horrible, like uh, 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 subversively gross thing to kind of come in with an apology. And then it ends up being a, Almost like an a, a, a jacques moment to Paige because she kind of had a crush on a uh, teacher.
0: Yeah, which is a very normal experience for a teenager to have.
1: And, I, well, Absolutely, I think, yeah. I think it's all girls and JT.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like the thing about him that also really pisses me off is okay. So he has, so he says, like you know, yeah, my thoughts like wandered, but they always come back to you. And then unflorals this bouquet. And I I think what also really bugs me about this stuff is, like, okay, I don't want to be, like, you know, if you cheat, you're automatically, like, dead to me. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that miscommunications do actually happen and things like that. And, like, you know, sometimes you, you know, whatever. Shit happens. Sometimes lines get crossed. What really matters is how you recover from it. And I think that a lot of people, when they get caught cheating, probably because they don't really feel all that bad, they just try to, like, lay it on thick with gifts. And, like, I've been in that situation where I've had people just throw gifts at me because they felt bad, but not, but there isn't any, like, restorative piece. Like, it kind of goes back to, like, what we were talking about in season one a lot of the time where it's, like, restorative practices and how, like, you have to, like, actually have a plan of how you're going to do better And have a way to have that person get reintroduced to the group or reintroduced into the dynamic or whatever after they do something shitty. And I don't know how much of it is just these are people, examples of people who are cheating and don't actually feel all that bad about it and just kind of want to like cover up the problem. Or how many of them don't really know how to fix things and are not actually seeking sources to fix things. But I think it's like a constant thing to a point that like, and this is going to sound really terrible, whenever I see a man buy a bouquet of flowers and I see him on the street, I assume he cheated.
2: Mm -hmm. yeah there's no other real reason for like it's it's the kind of the universal symbol for i'm sorry
0: yeah like it's it's i'm sure there are plenty of people who buy flowers because they sincerely just want to buy flowers but whenever i see a man do it i'm sorry my assumption is oh you fucked up so this is how you're going to try and get back into
1: this person's good graces i'm just thinking that might be you spent you
2: spent Fifty bucks in flowers, and then now your marriage is saved.
1: Like right. We we had a um. No, I can't. can tell. Sorry. Um. I'm just thinking. My dad bought my mom flowers, but that was for like birthdays and. <laughs>
0: Oh don't get me wrong, people do it but yeah, like,
2: yeah, yeah. that's that's within the realm of possibility, of course. For
0: sure. Like people do that and like look, look, like you can kinda tell a I fucked up bouquet okay, versus a my partner <laughs> really likes flowers and like I want to like make my partner happy. bouquet. Okay. I,
1: so I, I I know this is kinda off topic, but I just love this story. Yeah. Um, my mom was working in the garden one day and my mom always had a very simple wedding ring or engagement ring. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like a single stone in a little setting, you know? Um, right. and like one day she was working in the garden and the stone popped out of the setting. Oh no! And this is like after like Jesus. 25 or 30 years, like, yeah. you know, right, right. Like, constant wear and whatnot. And my dad was like, we have enough money, I can buy you another ring, I could buy you a better ring. And I was like, it won't be the same. That was my ring. Yeah. That was my engagement ring. Aww. <laughs> so now she just wears her, like, wedding ring. But Fair
0: enough. That's adorable. Yeah. yeah. But like, a very sweet story. It is, it is. Like, once again, like, I, I know that there are good men in the world. I just am so embittered toward the world that I... I need to be proven with like a five-paragraph essay with evidence that a man is okay. I'm sorry, this is just the world we live in.
1: I'm just thinking about my my papa. Is okay.
0: Yes, yes. I don't need a five-paragraph essay about about him.
1: But (laughs) I just think about my papa.
0: That's very sweet. Um, He
1: once told me the only person he likes talking to in this world is my mom. I'm just like, that's kind of weird to (laughs) say to yourself.
0: Yeah, that's. I understand the (laughs) sentiment. Yeah. Like, oh, thanks. Thanks. I was
1: just like, ah, she gets me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the mo- the moment you think about that any pa- any
2: moment past like that's really sweet, you're just like, "Well, fuck you. That that's really mean. Right. <laughs> I'm interesting. I-, I have cool things to say. Right.
1: <laughs> to be fair, I probably did it at that point in my life. <laughs> it was mostly yeah, just the yeah, yeah. and animals.
0: But um <laughs> in in the case of this, um, you know, he's like trying to talk about how how much he cares about her and she accepts it. But Um, she then gets a call that she got the movie theater job, and it kind of stalls the conversation.
1: Okay, but here's here's also a sign of the time. She's like, I don't know who this is, and then answers the phone. I see a number, I don't know. I'm like, voicemail.
0: Right.
3: Right. I was
2: like, God, I remember that visceral feeling of someone called your flip phone, and you have no idea who it is.
0: Yeah, it's very true. Um...
1: I keep getting calls now from unknown numbers that say, your social security number has been fucking locked up. I'm like, yeah-huh.
0: Big same. <laughs> Me too. Um, the next scene we are at the lockers. Hazel asks if Paige, and, if Paige and Spinner are back together. And Paige is like, we never stopped dating. And Hazel just kind of shakes her head. Um, and says, like, you know, he's gonna keep treating you like shit. Um... And it's, it's like a, it's it's a very a...
2: awesome way to use Hazel as kind of like this, this insular truth teller to, to her because have the history, they have a connection within their own group. And Hazel is kind of a little bit of a third party like a neutral third party to this now, mm-hmm. um, despite her, her kind of dalliances with Spinner. Um, so I think it's a cool way to use, a. Uh, this character in particular for this episode.
1: Well, the, the issue is from what we read about um, from the article, the actress wrote about her time on Degrassi is that all she became was a support for the white characters. Yeah. So this is going to be her role. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: And like, that's the thing. It's like, if, if this was a relationship that was portrayed by the writers as pretty equal in terms of like a plots and things like that, then the give and take of this this episode would have been far more effective. And I also feel like they they screwed over Hazel even as a support character because she was really instrumental in Shout and then that was it. And then, like, with the whole entire thing with... Um, and you even saw this with the whole entire thing with Rick and Terry, where Hazel and... Jimmy were both pretty invested in this whole entire situation, then got sidelined because of Spinner and Paige's pain in processing the whole entire thing. Like, we see the setup that these black characters are going to actually have a role, uh, a sub- uh, at least a substantial supporting role, which still is not great, because it's still kind of like fueling and um, supporting the white character, but even then, they're mm-hmm. not even being allowed to thrive as supporting cast. It, it's, it's just like, how much further down are you going to shove these, you know, how for, much further down are you going to shove these characters? It's really frustrating.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's definitely, that's that's that'll probably feed into y'all's larger conversation of how Degrassi kind of both semi-succeeds, but then really fails its black characters throughout yeah. the whole run. Yeah. Um, I've heard it gets, you guys can probably, you, you can probably speak a little bit. Has the newer stuff kind of eased up a little bit on that? Because isn't, isn't mm. one of the main characters of the new series a black character? Mm. <laughs> new Degrassi. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, take that as a no.
0: <laughs> new Degrassi. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where technically uh, you can argue like the cast is more diverse I think that New Degrassi tries it doesn't always succeed I do think it tried Um, but I do think that they still have similar habits of kind of sidelining or like kind of um, not letting their characters of color truly like come into their own like I feel like the hooks of the characters are actually quite good But then they don't actually put the time to really foster these characters. So, like, I I actually think there's a lot of interesting potential, like, characters. Like, I I found a lot of, like, the new, new Degrassi characters to be kind of interesting and me being, like, you know, like, oh, I'm intrigued by this character. But it would still suffer similar to, like, what Hazel has gone through, what Hazel went through, parts of what Jimmy went (laughs) through, where it's just, like, at the end of the day, they still didn't get that many A-plots, New Degrassi was kind of dominated by this one white family that was affluent, so like a lot of their problems are very insular to their class, and like you know there were legitimate discussions being made, but it was really focused on those three siblings, and then all these other marginalized kids. I mean, one of the uh-huh. one of the kids, one of the kids in that family is bi, so like there is that representation at least, but like
2: uh-huh.
0: all the characters,
2: but it's still kind of very still kind of very bagger fancy in that like most of the black characters are regulated to like oh you need to do this girl or like stuff like that yeah like you
0: need to do this or like i i am a or like you also run into this issue which i think is something that happens a lot in contemporary media where you have a very like you have a brilliant character of color but in many ways their brilliance makes them above whatever the story is, if that makes sense. So it's, like, I don't have time for your shenanigans. I'm too busy running student council. I'm too busy doing this and that. Oh, right. You know what I mean? So, like, you have these, like, actually quite wonderful, brilliant characters, but they don't, but, like... It's sidelining them in a different way, where it's saying, "Look, here's some good representation, but we're not actually going to tell any stories relating to these characters. They just are part of the a part of this whole entire like fabric of the school, but you're not actually going to get anything substantial featuring them.
2: Yeah, just them on a pedestal, like above the narrative.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which. I think happens in YA a lot, I think it happens on TV a lot, I think that it's an issue that I think a lot of white writers really need to be mindful of, myself included, as a content creator. You want to create good representation, but if your good representation is not interested in, in the shenanigans of the plot itself, then you got to move the plot in a way that these characters are yeah. going to be involved.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I've thrown out whole scripts before precisely because of that where yeah. it's like me going like i'm i'm gonna really do my part as a right as, as a writer for representation and then i finally get it down and i'm just like jesus this is so cloying and i can't do anything with this character now that i just have to just start completely over oh yeah. man it's, it's the writing
0: process it's the writing process it's like you know some things don't work but hey we're not getting paid to watch right degrassi episodes i guess so huh, what do Yet. we know? Yet. Yes, we will revive Degrassi. Maybe it should stay dead, though. Um, But anyway.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. That's the best. That, that, I think, is a mark of a true fan, where you're just like, yeah, I would love for it to come back. It's probably better dead.
0: Yeah, it's just like the acceptance. Sorry, my Miss Basil wants to get picked up, and she's making a big scene, and she's squeaming. Oh no! Yeah, Basil B, who we never hear on the podcast. Hello, Basil B. Do you have any thoughts? No. Okay.
2: Um, What's your take on racial representation, B?
0: She's purring.
2: uh, Nothing.
0: Oh, I don't know what that that means in this context.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's very hard to interpret.
0: I'm hoping it just means that she wants to see good rep. That's what I'm going to interpret from the bee. Um, anyway.
1: I like how you asked the cat, not me.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> I was going to say something really mean, and then I resisted. Because <laughs> it was just like, like, it's okay. It's just a bee. The bee had thoughts. Anyway. <sighs> Um, so, now, finally... We all know
1: your thoughts, Frank.
0: Well, no, it was just kind of <laughs> yeah, like a white guy being on, like, well, somebody think of Frank. my takes on, on representation? What about me?
2: Yeah, because that's just what we need. Another white person talking about it. <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm... Are white. Yeah, I know <laughs> as,
2: as as like an actual white that just
1: talked about. It. And also I I meant more as you know, I'm one of the co-hosts of the show. Look, be- Basil,
0: Basil doesn't always get to appear. This is a big deal.
1: Basil, you want to take over my duties? Oh, you can truly be the neophyte. I think you're only a year old. She's not
0: even Jabu here in October. They have oh, not Jesus. existed in in an August. <laughs> until this august but um anyway um so now finally finally justin we are at the movie theater
2: yeah this is the movie theater scene which i thought was hysterical in that like this is a like painfully accurate representation of what it's like to work in a movie theater
0: yep um Yeah, but, like, Paige is kind of following through Alex's training, and she is doing not great, because she is just kind of having to fly all over the place. She doesn't really have the procedures done yet. Alex is kind of trying to guide her through it, but, like, she's a struggle again.
1: It looks like a rough night to be your first shift. Yeah. I mean, I think we can assume this is a Friday night, so that's gonna be busy as fuck. Exactly. Uh Yeah.
2: But yeah, I I as as someone who's had this experience just like her because I was so excited. I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna work at a movie theater. This is gonna be the greatest. I love movies. I love going to the movie theater. I'm gonna love working there. And it was just the most dismal years of my life. Mm. Like I it made it made me hate something that i truly truly love the movies like i I, it made me resent the entire like like, culture of it like it was so it was so insane so i was glad to see that accurately represented in uh in ya
0: (laughs)
1: right but i I like at some point Paige spills like butter on the floor yeah
0: and alex is just like i'll clean it
1: well well, i'll wipe it up and don't say sorry
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. Like, it's very Alex. It's, it's, I, I love that she's trying to drive this point home. And, like, but also it's in an Alex way. It, it's so consistently in character in the process. And that's what I really love about it.
1: And then there's this long torture scene about Spinner getting more popcorn and more butter for his Jesus popcorn. Christ I
0: hated this. this.
1: And then oh, he, he ends it by saying, good girl. He,
0: like, but, like, the really well, uncomfortable thing about it is, like, how. it it really comes off in that way that, like, he's kind of, and I hate using the term, like, getting off on it, but, like, he
2: kind of, he is. He's, like... He he one million percent is.
0: Yeah, and, like, you see the boys behind him, like, Craig, Jimmy, and Marco, all feeling uncomfortable and looking uncomfortable, but not, none of them are really, like, like, they, like, look like, like, Jimmy looks like he wants to say something, he doesn't. Marco just is kind of like uncomfortably leaning against the wall. Craig is looking pissed off, um, and
2: yeah, they're kind of their crime is more complicity than it exactly. is. Um, exactly. They're not actively participating. Also, there's there's a truly gross line uh, of, Frank, you almost said it at the very end when he says after he says, "Good girl." Uh, somebody, I don't remember who it is, but someone's like, "What are you doing?" And no. then he's like, "It's good training." Craig oh, says, Jesus Christ! Craig
1: says that's nice.
2: Like sarcastically. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> it's so disgusting, and it's so performative. Donnie, like you said, like it's just like he's so showing off to his buddies about like, "Oh man, look at this! Look at my girl! She's getting me all this stuff," and it's just. It, it does not come across in the way that I think that he wants it to come across, which I think is, like, I guess charming or, like, kind of rakish or something. Like, I, I don't know. know. It's just, it's so, so gross.
0: Well, it's also, like, really infuriating in the sense that, like, he is, like, their relationship before this conflict was so, like,. Honeybee and like all these like pet names yes. and and all of these like mushy gushy shit and like people were kind of like oh so gross but like you know it was, it was still like there was love between them and the fact that he can just flip a switch so quickly and it's like not even like he he it's not even a case of like he is upset that the car was destroyed and he's trying to deal with it and he's not dealing with it well. He just straight up went from mm-hmm. "I'm in love with her" to "I fucking hate her" because she destroyed my car. Like it is no, there's no gray area in his behavior, which makes it even worse in so many ways because this isn't even—he's not processing anything. He doesn't give a shit to process. He's just being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And just power straight tripping lashing out, yeah, and power tripping on her. Um, and she's obviously very pissed off that it happened. And in the next scene. Um, they're kind of, like, cleaning up, I guess, in between, uh, showings or while the movie is playing. And Alex is, like, checking for cleanliness, uh, because Paige is like, hey, can you, like, check it out? Did I clean up the nacho cheese thing correctly? Um, and Alex is, like, amazing The nacho
2: sludge. Yeah. She says, did I clean the nachos?
0: It is sludgy.
2: Which is a pretty apt-, apt name for
0: I'm sure it is. God. <laughs> But um, Alex checks it and is, like, amazed that she actually did the work, and uh, Paige makes kind of, like, a passing comment about how, like, she's gotten her brother's hair out of the drain, so, like, might as well be able to do this. And I'm like, what? Um, But Alex then just kind of, like, tosses her, like, a bag of Skittles, which was, like, really sweet.
2: Their whole connection is so genuine and so instant that I was kind of amazed that, like, because the relationship is obviously not fully formed yet. No. And I kind of have a little bit of I kind of have a little bit of an idea or I remember a little bit of an idea of where it goes. But I was kind of, I was really struck at like how kind of instant their spark is between each like between each other.
0: Well, it reminds me a lot of and Frank, you might remember this like Ellie's monologue for the audition. And how Ellie was talking about how she was stuck in an elevator with, like, a really stuck-up girl and how they actually, like, had a connection. But, like, once they were out of the elevator, they didn't have it anymore.
3: Yeah.
0: It gives a similar kind of vibe to me in the sense that, like, they're not in school, so they don't have to perform like they would in school. And because of it... Absolutely, They find common ground much easier. And also, they have to get along, because if they don't get along, then their shift is going to be miserable. So there's also that buy-in as well. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah, 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 They're they're t- they're totally removed from like the social expectations of the school, and are now free to have their own dynamic away from it in in just the theater. Which I kind of think, I kind of feel like pays um, to to quote cro- to quote uh, Griffin Newman from Blank Check pays out yeah. like a slot machine later on in the episodes because they keep cutting back to them like having fun or like like finding more common ground with each other. And I think it's it's one of the stronger. Relationships of this season, definitely.
0: I agree, and I love that you referenced Blank Check. Thank
2: God. A downtown Griffey news. Yeah, I I, I, I love the hashtag Two Friends. Well, Are you fucking me? love I'm, them. I'm, big, I'm, a big, I'm, I'm
1: a big Blankie. We same here. We went to um, the <laughs> second Adventure Zone release party.
0: Donnie did not.
2: Donnie was jealous. Uh-huh.
1: Um, and he was oh, he was the moderator. Oh
2: my God! That's, I know. That's, and I just recently come. I, a bunch of my friends have, like, told me, like, Jesus, you would really, really love the show, and so I finally really got into it, and I was like, oh, this is just a podcast that just seems, like, directly beamed to my comedic sensibilities and, like, my level of just <laughs> bullshit, geek minutiae that I okay. just could, I could listen to forever.
0: I feel the same way. I was listening to them, like, before Frank got here. <laughs> um, I love them. Oh,
2: that's the best.
0: They're great. Um, but... Anyway, um in here we see Alex feel emboldened to talk to Paige about how um Spinner's a jerk and that when she first met Paige she was scared of her. Um and Paige is like, I don't know about that. I don't know why. And then she's like, oh yeah, well now you're a coward and a suck.
1: <laughs> and look we- Donnie and I had a short text conversation about this. What the fuck does "this suck mean?
0: I couldn't figure out if it was like supposed to be a different word but they like wanted to evade the censors or what?
1: Like all I can think of is fucking Donnie Darko where he says to his sister why don't you go suck a fuck and like his sister's like how exactly does one suck a fuck?
2: Right.
0: Yeah I don't know.
2: Yeah and I I also think that is an underrated um it's an underrated kind of trope for for teen dramas and stuff like that. Badass mm-hmm. or kind of standoffish lady finally does have a a connection with the the hoity-toity kind of popular lady, and then they both kind of realize that their conceptions of each other are slightly skewed by their own like social hierarchy. I think that's a really sweet and vulnerable moment for mm-hmm. Alex. To just be like, yeah, I was fucking terrified of you because you were this like you were this amazing presence in the school, and I was just some scumbum that like was hanging out with Jay. Um, and I think that's it's a really cool bit of like the actress plays it really well in that she doesn't like oversell the line, mm-hmm. but at the same time she doesn't she doesn't really whiff it. It like has like just the right amount of pathos and like realism to really hit. And then the, the woman, uh, the the actress who plays Paige, like plays off it beautifully, and they yeah. have that like really cool connection with each other. Like, I really I really like the Paige Alec relationship, guys. It's like one of my favorites. I I had forgotten that this was really the kickoff of it, because i as a little bit of inside baseball, we we talk a little bit off off air. We're kind of friends. I don't have a lot, so it's great. And Aww. Paige and Alex is definitely something that I've talked to you guys about. Like any, any like Paige-Alex stuff heavy, I would really like to talk about just because I like that relationship a lot. And I feel like, I feel like season four is definitely where they mine a lot of really good stuff out of it. So it was cool seeing like, cause I had completely forgotten how it started cool. other mm-hmm. than the fact that Paige just starts working with her. I'd forgotten, like, all that stuff where she, like, puts in a good word for her afterwards. Like, it was just really sweet, and I was really glad to kind of, like, re-experience that as a a, a, a relatively old-slash-new fan.
0: Yeah.
3: If
2: that makes any sense. That may have just made me rambling for a little bit about how much I love Paige and Alex.
0: (laughs) No, I think it makes sense. And I think that... um... It's just there is something really lovely about the connection and the vulnerable. I like that you use the vulnerability piece of it because I think that's a big thing because it's like with Alex, like Alex is you know, le- and Alex that can let her guard down—that's a big fucking deal because as we know, like that's not exactly something she can even do like with Jay or anyone like that that she's technically close to. Mm-hmm. So seeing her, exactly. seeing her do this—it's it's really quite lovely. Um... And she tells Paige, like, straight up, like, you know, if she was being treated this way, she would get a new boyfriend. Like, she would not tolerate Yes, that line
2: is so killer. Um, if, if, what is it exactly? Please.
1: Um, no, you're, no, you're a coward and a suck, because if my boyfriend showed up here and treated me that way, I'd be shopping for a new boyfriend. Yeah. Or,
2: yeah, yeah, you fucking would. It's, it's so good. Or. It's such like a succinct...
1: Or girlfriend. Right. What was that, Alex? Nothing?
0: Nothing. Nothing. Um.
1: <laughs> I shift dartily around the theater.
0: But, like, Paige also does, oh. like, a double take hearing this, too. And she's just like,
2: huh. <laughs> Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of cool to see like this turn happen in Paige, where like she finally sees like a fully autonomous woman, kind of, and she's like, "Oh Jesus, like that 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 could be me so easily." Um, mm-hmm. So it's neat seeing it's neat seeing them bring that out in one another. Agreed. So, so now that I'm thinking, but again, that could just be me projecting because I like this pairing a lot. So
1: now that I'm thinking about it. Alex, the last time we saw Alex in the movie theater, she was dumping an entire bucket of popcorn on Marco's head. Mm-hmm. Did she then have to clean it up? Maybe. Oh man,
2: yeah. That's like that's that's like the perfect victory right there. If she, there if there was one where she, she's like, yeah, I fucking got him, and then like ten minutes later, like. Oh Jesus! I gotta, I gotta Hoover all this stuff. Oh man!
3: Wait,
1: I just imagine like she sees one of her coworkers like, "Hey, can I get the the broom real quick?" I dumped the popcorn on this like little nerd, and she and they're I, like, "What?" But you, but why? It's like, well, it made sense at the time. I I
2: had, I had to take a stand. It's a whole thing.
1: Just don't, I don't want to give you the specifics side, Just, just please give me the fucking broom. I can't. Well, that's not leaving it for me. Cool.
3: Right. <laughs> Right.
1: <laughs> the third employee here is Heather Sinclair. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: man. That would have been a, such an incredible reveal with her just like, oh, she's on the schedule for next week or something. Oh, that would
0: be really funny. That would be so funny. Um, but yeah, so um, the, the movie lets out. The boys talk about it as they're walking out and um, Spinner makes jokes about how Craig is jealous. Um, and... Spinner then is proceeding to be like, "Ha ha, let's go talk to Paige more." And was like, "She's busy. Like, leave her alone." And as he goes up to her, Paige... why is he
1: such a good boy? Why He's is he hanging? Why does
2: he hang? He really is. Literally the the only consistent level head in the entire show.
1: Yeah. Why does he hang out with this pack of dunces? Just be him and Jimmy.
0: Cause it's hard to. I mean, it's hard to, to do that. It's hard to just let go of, of your friends if they don't outright want you dead. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't know. I get it. I get it. Because I was that No, especially
2: during that. Like when you're that age and you've glommed onto kind of like a group. Mm-hmm. It's so terrifying to think even beyond that at all. Because I know, I know for sure that I that I stayed in friend group relationships in middle school and high school that were so not who I should have been hanging out with simply because they were the only people that were hanging out with me.
0: Exactly. It's like, it's, it's so hard to, uh, be able to just walk away and you want to hold out that, you know, it's not that bad or I still care about them. I can't blame him.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, but stop the presses real quick. Mm -hmm. So after spin says, Leave Paige alone. Spinner walks up to Paige and says, This banana's line. So, how's the rest of your shift going, my booty blossom?
3: Right. What Oof. the Oof. fuck does that mean? Oof. <laughs>
1: Oof.
3: It does. It real bad. That is
1: no good. How you. Hey, butt flower. How you been? Hey, hey, How, you been? <laughs>
2: How you been, butt flower? Yeah, I can. And, like, in what. What reality would that be? Something sweet to say to your significant other, like what you basically just called them a polyp.
0: And also, like it's just such a, it's such a not to bring up their nicknames again before again, but like it's such like a, a tr- uh, about face of the sweet ones that they had for each other back in the day.
2: Yeah, the relatively childish and kind of benign, like sweet nothings, is like oh man, it's the worst.
0: Right, it's it's just like such like a bad nasty little turnaround, um, and then Spinner, um, at, like you know Spinner's like being an asshole. Paige is like, hey, like I need to ride home, and he's like, yeah, but like you don't get off for like two
2: hours.
1: I certainly can't just drive home then come back.
2: <laughs> right.
1: I I can only
2: drive my car a finite amount of times today, and I I just have one to get me back to my house, or like God forbid you hang out in an entire fucking mall for two hours. Like like any self respecting teenager at the time, oh, right? Like, uh, it's
1: I I just I now I just want Alex to be like I'll get you home, and then she just like picks up Paige in her arms and runs her home. Oh,
0: perfect! That would be perfect. <laughs> That'd be such good content.
2: <laughs> oh man, that's like that's a fan art like waiting oh. to be commissioned. Just her just her Naruto sprinting with Paige on her on her like back.
0: God, one could only hope.
2: Oh but, man, I am buying a blank cover specifically for that shit at hell some point. Yes. Like, hell
1: oh, yeah. I also may mention to Donnie over the course of this week that Alex is essentially my ditto of like relationship of uh, shipping where i will any girl on this show i will ship her with alex because i think any absolutely one, any
0: absolutely
1: any one of them could make an excellent ship with alex yeah
0: agreed but um unfortunately we scale back because um craig kind of starts picking a fight a little bit with spinner about how he's handling this um and it's just kind of like a, like, a, oh, you jealous type of thing between the two of them. And then escalates to Spinner calling Craig crazy and Craig being like, oh, like, oh, you call me that. And then, like, Spinner goes in and, like, paps his face. It's really bizarre. It's
2: really violent very quickly. Yeah. Like it's it starts off with that, that weird kind of condescending, excuse me, kind of like, oh, you, you're going to cry, baby?
3: Yeah.
2: That's kind of hit. Then it transforms into a scuffle, and then full-on face-and-head punches from yeah. Spinner.
1: You, like, like actionable assault. You, um, it, the fight begins with, you were always jealous of Manny and me, to which Spinner yells in front of his girlfriend, yeah, well, you now you're jealous of Manny and me.
0: Awful. Like, I feel so bad for Paige to uh, hear this. And
1: Paige just wants to take out the fucking trash.
0: Yeah, like, she has, like, two garbage bags. Exactly. And they start fighting, it is and she her starts. First day. Yeah.
1: And Sean's like, five of my wallets are in there. <laughs> but,
0: like, <laughs> um, but like, also Paige starts like helplessly batting at them with her garbage bags, which is like yes, so doing like sad. the stop,
2: stop it, like the. It's
0: so sad. I wanted
2: so bad. I wanted so badly. I I'd forgotten what the the punchline to the sequence was. I wanted so badly for it to happen, where like one of the bags splits and both of them just get co- both the boys just get covered in garbage. So they just have to stand there like the trash they are after they ruined their first day, just covered in like gross, like half-eaten goo goo clusters or like whatever they. It's, now what's what's a Canada? What's a Canada candy? I don't I don't know if Google. I think that's a Southern thing.
0: It might be. What's
2: a Timbit? Timbits aren't those the, the, the dumb donuts that Kevin Smith was obsessed with for a while? Yeah, like the basically uh, munchkins. I don't, yeah, just like some sort of like Canadian treat. They're just like covered in their like muck. I wanted so badly for that to happen, but it didn't.
0: I know. But um, they fight, and then Mary comes out and is like, "I called security." Um, and then she's like, also, Paige, like, you're fired.
1: I called security. Are you going to wait for them to arrive? It was
0: pretty funny, and the boys were yeah. dumbfounded. They're like, ugh.
1: <laughs> but we're white. We're not supposed to be held for, accountable for our actions. Right.
0: Like, they just are. like, what do you mean you called security? Um, and so then they scatter.
2: Oh, man.
1: <laughs> I, I would have loved, a lot, like, loved, loved Jimmy and Marco just to look at each other like, Hey, you want to go get some discount slacks? Do I?
0: Right. Like, if only. <laughs> and they
2: just, like, they just, like, B-roll of them hanging out in Sam Goody or something. Oh, like, looking at
0: records. Please. <laughs> please. Uh, we didn't get that. If only. Um, anyway, we go to the, uh, I think we're in the cafeteria. Um, and Alex approaches Paige and is like, hey, so, like, you got work.
1: Okay, well, Paige is like, I was thinking, gee, I hope Alex comes by to gloat.
0: All right, and Alex is like, well, actually, you gotta shift, so, uh, you gotta, you gotta do your shit, um, and she's like, yes.
1: I'm sorry, just reading the transcript, um, Alex is like, uh... The new Scampi movie's out. So yeah. a wow, ton kind of over sugar Yeah, I was gonna ask that, too.
2: Like, what the fuck is a... Is that, like, a scampi. well-known franchise in Canada? I, I don't think
0: so. I think it's just supposed to sound like Bambi.
1: Or... It,
2: was, it just sounds like <laughs> I was also baffled the, at the movie that the boys were watching, too. Like...
1: It's not a thing. I looked at that. Their up. whole
2: discussion, when they were coming in... Okay. I, I was... I was, could not make heads or tails of what movie they could have seen.
1: Um, and I was like, it wasn't your fault. I talked to Mary for you. So be there. And I just thought in my head, I added, it's not like I like you or anything.
0: Yeah. It's a lot of that. Yeah. It's a lot of that. It's really good. It's, it's, a,
2: v- it's, so it's good. a very, it's a very like, um, um, unintentionally, emotionally heavy interaction between the two of them because like, she's kind of letting her guard down at school but she's still, at the same time, she's not going to give her the satisfaction of being, like, completely nice to her yeah. in front of everyone. It's it's a good scene.
0: It's really sweet. Um, and then when Paige sees Spinner, um, she reveals that she's been rehired and he'll get his paycheck. Um, and she just straight up is like, all you care about is money and Manny. You don't care about me. You had a fucking brawl and it wasn't about me. Um, and he, like, apologizes about the night before, and he doesn't, like, you know, he just doesn't understand why she's so angry, which I fucking hate! I have been in Paige's position, and it is infuriating, it's like, just fucking take the anger! Just take it, and live in that space with the anger! I hate like when people are backpedaling where it's like, Well that wasn't my intent. It's like, I don't give a shit what your intent was. This is what the situation is
1: now. <laughs> is like-
2: and like the casually the casually dismissive oh, you're not over this now, like oh. no you don't have a monopoly you don't have a monopoly on when when I feel things and how long I can feel things and I, I kind of feel like she she undercuts her power a little bit with the well, you it was the first time you weren't fighting over me, which yeah. I mean is kind of a toxic view of, of a relationship. It but is. at the same time, okay. you completely you completely understand where she's coming from, uh, in her reaction and kind of just like sudden. And it's a very baller move for the episode to just kind of like end. Right after that, I was very struck by how, like, structurally brave that is.
0: It's true. I agree. Um, But, yeah, that's how the episode ends. Um, Frank, what do you think of this episode? It's a a tough one. I don't (laughs) think there's, like, a right or wrong grade. I think you can make a case for, like, any grade, really.
1: C plus. Okay. The yeah. The toxic masculinity brought it down to a C minus. The Alex and Paige beginning of my one true ship rose it up to a C plus.
2: Fair enough. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, it's definitely good stuff.
1: Um, though I could have also done with a scene of like. Alex wondering what the right thing now nah, she probably do what the right thing is but like Alex and Marco talking about it
0: that would've been cute that would've been really cute
1: <laughs> look I know I would be like I know Paige is a lot but it's like I'll just fucking do it leave me alone about this
0: honestly every piece of media needs I gotta, more I just kind of think I can
2: make it work like right like you
0: <laughs> I just feel like every every piece of media ever needs way more men loving men women loving women solidarity and I think that if Alex and Marco existed in 2019 media, I think they would have been a, that would have been a lot more what that relationship dynamic would have looked like and I would have loved it. Yeah. Or I could have dreamed it was more like that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to character rankings.
1: Um okay, <laughs> so uh, Toby, welcome to the fucking basement. Uh, you have if. slipped so many <laughs> spots. Rick continues to remain in the third mouth of the devil, being gnawed on forever, along with Dean and I think that pervert from the first episode. Yep. Um, Spinner, also you're just slip- you just hit a fucking shoot and shoots and ladders. You're going way down. Mm-hmm. Um, Craig. You know what, like, last week, I was just like, Craig, you better not. You better not. But now, like, I can see (laughs) the logic of being like, hey, my like, that's, that would have been an interesting piece if Craig was just like, do I show what I know, or do I not?
0: Yeah, I would have liked to see more of a conflict, and I also would have liked to see more of um, him exploring this kind of complicated relationship he has with Manny. Because... I, I think that it's kind of an interesting situation. I think exes that have been through something really intense like that, I feel like it happens, and, and how you view that person, even if you're not romantically involved with them anymore, is a level of intensity that like, you're just not gonna feel with other people because you didn't experience what they experienced together. So I, I would have actually right. liked to see more of that piece of it, where the fact that Spinner is dismissing this as jealousy and then he's dismissing this as, like, you know, Craig being mad that Manny might move on with somebody else. When it, it kind of feels like it's really misconstruing that Craig seems to kind of want Manny to just be happy.
1: Oh, well, no, that's... The, the piece I was more talking about...
0: Is the evidence piece.
1: Yeah, of just, like, that's a tricky spot to be in. It is. Of just, like, one of... I... It reminds me of um, a character who didn't get a lot of screen time in The Perks of Being a Wallflower, mm-hmm. the dude at the end who fucking reveals all the infidelities his friend is doing on Sam, mm-hmm. and, like, I, that always stuck struck with me, because I'm like, God, that guy's fucking brave, because you know he's losing friends after that. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, Craig did it, and I would have liked to see his process to get there.
0: Yeah, that would have been interesting, too.
1: Um, Hazel, I'm sorry you're going up a few points. I'm not sorry about that, I'm sorry, you just have to continually play the role of, you know, support, as opposed to main. And it's just like, I still want that fucking beautiful, like, they, they just left that plotline of her parents escaping a civil war.
0: I know. And
1: like, we're not gonna spoil that at all, nope. Um... <laughs> JT is, was in the episode, so he's getting points by not being part of the Rick-Toby game. Uh, Paige for dumping Spinner's ass when he got super problem- problematic. You're going up, so, whatever, you know, Paige is in the stratosphere forever. Um, Marco for being a good boy and like being like, stop bothering Paige, you're bumping up a as many more spaces as you can. Alex. Oh, my dear Alex. You're rising so many spaces. Mm. <laughs> Stay on that upward, uh, thing. Emma, for humoring Rick, you're slipping a few spaces. I
0: was a fucking mess on this one.
1: Jimmy, for just kind of hanging out and being a good boyfriend to, you know, your girlfriend, you're going up a few spaces. Um... Yeah, Uh, Mary for rehiring Paige on Alex's, like, on Alex's, like, word, you're going up a bunch of spaces. And I think that's about it.
0: Awesome. So let's move on to recommendations. This is where we recommend things that are either related to the episode or just things we are enjoying. as as, As it was last week, I'm still playing Fire Emblem. I am enjoying myself and I am screaming a lot. Um, I literally screamed in Frank's place, and I think Frank was thankfully asleep because I did. I'm getting toward the end of a major plot, and everything is awful because I picked the darkest one. Um, anyway, my actual recommendation today that actually is relevant to this episode is a three volume manga series called After Hours by Yuta uh, Nishio. Um, which I think is pretty relevant to this in the sense that the characters are older; they're in their twenties, but it's about a girl who is kind of in the process of leaving a long-term relationship with a man and trying to do something new with her life. So she finds herself with a rowdy, beautiful, older uh, DJ, and the DJ is a beautiful woman who kind of shows her the ropes of a new of like the Tokyo nightlife and she learns to discover her passions through music and how to love somebody different from before. So it's definitely worth reading. Um, all three volumes are translated and available in your local bookstore, so definitely check it out. Justin, what's your recommendation?
2: I actually I have a couple. I have one that, that does pertain to the episode, and then I have two that I just feel like people should read just because I'm doing them for work Uh, one uh, to do with the episode is uh, the uh, book Silver Screen Fiend by Pat Oswalt it is a it's a semi-autobiographical work in which he um, details the years of his youth where he worked at a um, I believe it's a Portland movie house uh he he kind of he gets friends. He kind of gains friends. He gains a respect for movies, and it's kind of told in like these very poignant vignette chapters of different days um, uh, at the movie theater. And I think the gimmick is at the beginning of every chapter, he writes. The movies that he watched that day, because he kept a he kept a running journal throughout this time, where it's like the movies that he watched that day, and like he resolved himself to watch like two movies a day. It's a really sweet book. Uh, it's it's a very it's a very poignant book and um, it's very funny. And if you if you like Pat Oswalt stand up or or just his kind of persona in general, I feel like you'd really enjoy this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two that I'm just just for work, uh, one is the comic book series house of x and powers of x uh by jonathan hickman rb silva pebe la raz and Marte gracia it's a kind of new big bold reboot of the x-men um even if you even if you don't really know that much about the x-men or if you've never really had any contact with the x-men i kind of feel like uh this event really has re-energized the franchise in a way that you haven't really gotten in a long time um it's it's kind of been a big critical hit and a big um, just hit in general, so I think you can find some issues. There are three issues of each series out as of now. Um, the whole gimmick is you kind of have to read both of them to understand the story. Of course. Um, uh, I, they're, they're really, really, really good. It's got a lot of fan-favorite X-Men in it. Uh, the, the art is absolutely gorgeous. Um, and and Jonathan Hickman is a a mad genius that I don't understand how his brain works, but I think it's great. Uh, The last thing, it's a thing I'm reading again for work. Um, I'm going to write a big thing about non-teams here in a couple of days, and it's the uh, comic book series 52 by DC. It was published in 2006, and there are kind of all sorts of gorgeous volumes that your local library has, or if you want to buy them. The elevator pitch is that it takes place in a world where Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman have gone missing. So various B and C listers from the DC Universe have to stand up and fill those voids. Uh, the three main characters are Booster Gold, uh, The Question, and Renee Montoya, which is like her big kind of coming out in the DC Universe. This is also of note. It is the first appearance of Batwoman. Woman. Uh, hey character yeah just about to get a brand new show on the cw very exciting uh but yeah it was a it was a weekly series that came out over an entire year um it's, it's very good it's written by jeff johns grant morrison greg rucka mark wade uh and it has art uh breakdowns by the great keith Geffen. um Uh, Other artists, it's like Joe Bennett, who's now doing uh, The Immortal Hulk right now, which also rules, and also Eddie Barrows, who just finished up a really awesome run of Detective Comics. So I think this is a DC book that you can give to someone who doesn't like DC Comics, and then they'll completely understand it. Like, it has all the pathos, the humor, the kind of, like, uh, insanity of DC, all wrapped up in one, like, eminently bingeable and, like, super entertaining volume.
1: It it actually has one of my favorite elongated man moments, um, where he's at his wife's gravestone, and um, this guy, cause he's like, oh man, I, you you probably don't remember me, like you saved my brother like years ago and whatnot, like you're like you're so cool. He's like, yeah, but I'm no Batman, and like the kid's like, yeah, well you know what Batman doesn't have, he doesn't have a wife who's like. Calming the brother of the kid you're saving, tell him everything's gonna be okay. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah."
2: It's a really great. It is a really, really great series, and it's one that I I read a really long time ago when I was first getting into DC, and I was like, "Wow, this this really kind of." Because I used to think DC was so hokey and kind of like over the top, but then I read this and was like, "Oh shit!" Like now I actually understand like why people really, really like the DC universe. So it's it's one book that I try to give to people that like don't like superman stories or stuff like that and i kind of like like, to see to give them a kind of an experience of like what it actually is to see like a good dc comic and like one that has characters that you don't immensely loathe or like that the writers themselves don't loathe
1: um okay anything else justin
2: no that's it i'm good all
1: right um for me, uh, seeing how we had a breakup of one of the longest-running relationships on this show, I'm going to bring up my uh, breakup trifecta of albums. The first one is the uh, sad one, which is Sea Change by Beck. Then, When You Move On to Anger, this year's model by Ellis Costello and the Attractions. And finally, Acceptance is I Don't Know What Love Is um, by uh, Jens Luckman. So just kind of listen to those in order around dusk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Around right. dusk. Wow.
0: <laughs> well, that being said, Justin, you've made it through. Oh
2: my God, I'm so happy. Yay. Thank you guys so much for having me on.
0: No problem. Would you like to reiterate how people can get in touch with you?
2: Absolutely. You can find me on, uh, the yawning hellscape that is Twitter at J underscore Partridge, the third. Um, uh, I'm also, you can email me at uh, Justin at between the panels.com. I am for hire. Uh, my rates are good. My rates are good and I'm not imminently terrible. Uh, you can, you can also find my my actual work at Newsrama, where I, I am most days reviewing comics, also at uh, Rogue's Portal and Dismember, t- uh, talking movies, and also at the Collins Ford Historical Society, where I talk Dark Shadows and the the audio dramas that are based on that uh, super spooky franchise.
0: Hell yeah. Um, and if you want to get in touch with the show, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can Follow, uh, you can email us uh, ihopod at ihopod gmail.com. Feel free to send any questions, comments, concerns, or any potential interest in being a guest. Um, please do not hesitate to reach out. We do have a lot of lovely people coming in to, for Season 4, but if you feel that there is a perspective that, that is your perspective that you would love to share, especially during the season or even future seasons, please don't hesitate to email us. Um, also, we are always looking for people to share their experiences with Degrassi so sharing any potential um, ways that the show or the characters have impacted you whether through audio files or through text we are always looking for stuff like that. Um, if you want to follow us on social media you can follow us on Twitter at I Hope Pod you can also join our Facebook group at I Hope I Can Make It Through uh, podcast so you can definitely follow us. Um, I have been on vacation and stuff so I've not been as dutifully updating it but once I get back into my routine Do not worry, I will definitely be posting consistently again. Um, If you want to contribute to the show, there's a couple ways you can do it. One way is that you can donate to our coffee. Any money that we make off of our coffee account goes toward tech upgrades, as well as compensating our guests. And we are having our review challenge still in place, where once we hit 20 reviews, we are going to go back into the Degrassi archives and give you bonus episodes on top of our usual airing episodes, in which we pick a handful of Degrassi High, Degrassi Junior High episodes, and give you some of our thoughts there. Um... If you want to talk to me individually, whether it's talking about DeGrassi, screaming about Fire Emblem, or just checking out some of the cool articles and writing that I am putting out right now, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DMisUnbreakable.
1: I don't have a Twitter, but I do have a um, another podcast called Teen Girl Talk. Um, well, that I do with my sister, where we just review normal at uh, like normal non-DeGrassi teen media. This week we did The Boy Next Door. Next week will be Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix as we jump back into Snaping September. Um, and also, I have a YouTube channel. Link is in the description, or it's Sir I Would Challenge, where um, I've got to put up at least one video a week of just random stuff I do. Uh, might be stuff about mental health, might be stuff about comics, might be stuff about uh, music, might be stuff about me writing fan fiction. Weird, erotic fan fiction. Um, so, you can check that out. Um, and yeah, that's it for me.
0: Awesome. That being said, everybody, we hope we can keep making it through and that you're going to be there with us. See you next week.
1: Later. Bye. Making
0: love with each other. I, I. Islands in
3: the stream. That is what we are.